I worked at Verizon for a little bit, so I actually do know about this. Whatever you visit on your phone on Verizon, even if you're on private browser, we know what websites you visit. We have the IP addresses of what you visit. So your phone is definitely not safe on top of the fact that it's always recording you anyway for like Google AdSense and stuff like that. It's really messed up. But I, I had to uh, had to break it to a, a poor mom who called in about like, why is my phone bill 200 extra dollars this month? And I'm like, well, it looks like this number on your line has been using a bunch of data. And she's like, oh, that's my son's line. He's only 13. And I see here that he's going to like Pornhub and stuff. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, do I don't know how to break this to you, ma'am. But he's been visiting some um, traffic what's, heavy websites. And she's like, my what? duty of care here? <laughs> she was pissed. She was like, are you saying my little 13 year old boy would be? I'm like, ma'am, I, I can send you. Literally, I can <laughs> send you an email of the websites that he is visiting. You got and, the receipts. I, I like I, I don't and it was the craziest thing I had to fucking break to him poor mom and <laughs> how did way to find the out call? Your, I'm that's curious a he's just been jacking it like <laughs> <laughs>everyone and welcome to anime club after dark the podcast that delves into all things anime manga and otaku culture related i'm your host alex but you can call me senpai and joining me tonight i have our average manga enjoyer chinoda the hell is this? what is this no no line just no like, line just, just, just like, just like, ah. <laughs> like what's we have our zarb source material john i wasn't supposed to be on this episode but I fucked up and went to sleep, and then I woke up and I was like, "Oh, I, I, I'm not tired now, so I guess I could be on the episode." Well, thank you Pleasant for joining surprise. us, John. <laughs> um, and yes, we do have a guest with us today. Guest, introduce yourself. Hello, my name's Leo. I am Japanese translator, scan leader. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and that is actually the topic of discussion that we are going to be uh, talking about tonight. Um, so before we actually get into it, um. Big, big fucking disclaimer. Disclaimer! <laughs> um, what we're going to be talking about tonight is um, definitely in a legal gray area. Um, we here at Anime Club After Dark definitely will say up front, uh, whenever and wherever possible, please support the original creators of the works you enjoy, whether that is manga, light novels, visual novels. Uh, if, if Wherever you are, if you have the means and the ability to uh, support the creators of these things please legally uh, do it that being said we would be very naive and stupid to not acknowledge the fact that there are people all over the world that do not have access to these things uh, and that is kind of what we are going to be talking about here tonight so i definitely think it'd be pretty cool to talk about what's called a bit more about in detail about that later because a lot of counter arguments how it helps a lot of industries it helps a lot of manga to you know become a thing because it gets like uh, famous and all that but if it gets mm -hmm. too famous it can also damage it then companies don't want to translate it that'd be pretty cool like delve into a bit more detail about that later and well yeah, and i also know it. that in, in in terms of the creators themselves there are some that recognize that it, it it gets people into the stuff that they make and you know down the road could lead to more profits for them but there's some that literally get pissed on it like what was it mariyama got so pissed about it he's like no nah, fuck it o overlord ends in two uh, two more volumes fuck you all <laughs> what yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so mariyama sensei the guy who writes uh overlord he was upset that people translated the evil eye side story he's he was already upset people were um nigel and them were translating the the, 
group that was translating the light novel was translating hmm. the light novel. And then when he released the Evil Eye side story as like, I believe it was a bonus for one of the Blu-rays or something, or maybe it was its own thing. I don't remember. But it, it basically it was its own spinoff story about Evil Eye, one of the characters in Overlord, and in like a, a what-if scenario. And it's a really good read. Um, but he was pissed that people translated it because he's like, I literally made this and I get no money when you guys translate it. And it's like, well, that's shitty because obviously I want to support the guy who creates my stuff. But essentially he was hmm. like, all right, if people aren't going to like try to help me support my um, novel through legal means, I'm just going to cut down the chapters that I'm writing because it's not paying me enough. Hmm. And I'm just like, that kind of sucks. Uh, but it's like, Completely how, how do you get how do you get companies to pick up something like that? Because it's like it's a very niche hmm. following already in Japan. How do you get a company to get it? Try to like do the logistics around translating, hiring somebody to translate it, and then printing copies and then shipping it overseas and shit like that. It's like it's hard, well, especially in, for small right. like specialty things. In Maruyama's case, it's it's sort of like doubly a spit in the face because he's not a full time writer. Um, he has a he has a regular nine to five job, and the writing that he does is something he does on the side. Right. Um, it's, hmm. He's not like a CEO Eason who's cranking out novels every other week. Um, he's doing this in his spare time from his nine to five job. And it's like, God, you guys are even going to let me make a little bit of money off of this side hustle I got going on. Yeah. But what's the so, counter argument to that? Just learn Japanese. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Learn Japanese yeah. by the Japanese volume. That's, that's really the counter argument. Like I understand that with the legal gray area, there's, there's a lot more exposure. Like, I don't think Overlord would be as big as it is in the West if it weren't thanks to, like, the, um, let's call them fanatics who follow the light novel, who just <laughs> yeah. are, like, fervent readers. And it's like, every day, Sasuke Ainsama. Like, <laughs> they're the ones buying Bone all your damn the- merch, Mariyama. Like, <laughs> I get it. But at the same time, it's like, ah. I know that some groups will pick up a series until it gets officially picked up by a uh, publisher. And then they'll be like, okay, we're not going to do fan translations anymore, which I can respect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's fair. We can legally now obtain it. Cause I, I do see the, if there's a series that you just really love that hasn't been picked up by a English publisher, how do you read it? You, you can't like learn Japanese, learn how to speak Japanese, yeah. read Japanese. And, until very recently for me, that was the Monogatari series. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, Because uh, until Vertical picked it up, what was it, in 2019, I think it was? It had no official English translations. Yeah, and it, like, it sucks, but it's like, how do I consume this media ethically? It's like, you really can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Leo, let's actually Mm. talk about, so, you and how you got into it. So, how long have you personally been doing Scanlation for? Actually, not that long, I'd say. I'd say for around, like, four, maybe five months total. Oh, wow. So you're relatively new on the scene. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what, What? I, I think I can kind of guess what it might be, but what was it that originally got you into doing it? Um, well, I first kind of took what's called, um, sorry, <laughs> let me get my words for a second. So I say it's when I started wanting to learn Japanese. I'm like, dang, I want to do something with and do something cool with it or so, right? I initially wanted to be a teacher. And then I realized, man, maybe I don't want to be a teacher thing, but I still want to do something with it. And I thought about the idea of like, oh, if I, I really enjoy this manga now that I'm now able to enjoy. Then unfortunately, a lot of people can't enjoy. But if I'm able to like access that so people don't need to, you know, spend a couple years studying Japanese and they can enjoy it. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. 
that was the uh the biggest draw for me i'd say and what got me into it i feel like that's why a lot of people get into to scanlation is it's just because like they feel like there there's this thing that they love which is like manga or or light novels because i mean people can do it, it's i guess i assume it's a similar process for translating a light novel you're just not worried about um moving around pictures um hmm. yeah you don't have to worry um, about bleeding or anything like that typesetting but it's still uh, translation I, remember, I was when jason was still on the podcast me and him were reading i, I forget it was it's a series that got picked up by seven seas now but back then it didn't have a someone picked it up and the translator group was like all right we're not translating this light novel anymore so i was like heck i'll give machine translation a try i'll, I'll try to <laughs> put it into a machine and learn how to translate this it went very poorly I, yeah. I translated about two paragraphs and was like, I hate my life. I don't <laughs> understand. So I'm 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 calling it quits. Ajit, can I talk a bit about that? Yeah. What yeah, do you, what do you personally think about machine translation since AI and chat GPT is a big topic now? Hmm. Uh, I, here's the thing though, right? When I first ever translations was actually fixing over a machine translated bit. So I found someone that like needed a translator and they're like, yeah, so our previous couple of chats has been a uh, machine translated. Can you take a look at them? Like fix them ourselves. So I'm like, yeah, sure. I take a look at it. And I'd say like 60% of it was wrong. And it was like this oh, very geez, misleading rough. losing topic points. Cause here's the thing about Japanese, right? They don't use pronouns. They don't say you, they don't say I, he, or him. They always like remove that part. If there's a noun, they always like uh, completely omit it. Because a very, very context heavy. The problem is when you suddenly take that sentence in there and you put it into a machine translator, they don't know the context. And it's so bad to the point where like a lot of times, like I may get confused with a bit with a bit of Japanese. I'll then ask a Japanese person about it, and then I can get different responses by like several different people. Because you need to tell them what's going on for them to understand what's going on. So uh yeah, sorry. You need to tell them what's going on so that they can translate it properly. That's what I'm trying to say. And yeah, so we put the machine translated. It's way easier to translate from English into Japanese than Japanese into English. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I can see that. Because the Japanese is extremely vague. A lot of it, you have to like, read between the lines and understand what they're trying to talk about. Because they're not directly saying a lot of it. So, right. yeah. And then when you put that through a machine, machine can't figure that out. That's the biggest uh, downturn to that. Yeah, I know Top that of that, expressions. A lot of, um, a lot of manga people who pick up translations will be like, fair warning, this has been machine translated. So, just... Just put it I, out. There. I respect that though. Because uh, the one I was doing, they didn't call it out. They didn't say that was machine translated or anything like that. They tried to just passing it off as an actual thing. And it was like blatantly machine translated. Uh, at one point, this uh, one character said to another guy, Oh, you wooden doll boy. But <laughs> it was an expression <laughs> meaning you're good for nothing. But they just put in the word wooden doll boy. And I'm like, What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which yeah, probably makes sense uh... in Japanese in some way, but not in English. Yeah, when you're reading uh stuff and you just see stuff like that, it's it's super obvious that it's it was a yeah, human like, uh, translator. There is a I literally just read a chapter like 15 minutes ago where it's like he's looking at a tree and he, it says, "Wow, that's expensive." I'm like, obviously he meant ah Takai, like it's tall, high. It's yeah. not. I know it means expensive, but also like I knew that. <laughs> like what the fuck, guy? <laughs> like this that's machine stupid, translation man. shit. <laughs> Do you think like? I, I don't know how extensive your um, interaction with machine translated stuff is, but do you, is there any way that you notice it getting better as, as AI gets better? Like, do you ever um, think that there'll be a point with machine translation where it's nearly seamless? 
Uh, could be, could not be. Because here's the thing about when it comes to Japanese in particular. Because uh, if you receive for, for like Spanish, for example, or Portuguese, probably. For very well, so you could probably be able to just do all of it. But uh, here's the thing about when it comes to translation. You can understand something, but there's so many different ways to go about it. There's no one definitive translation for it. Right. Um, yeah. So I kind of view machine translation as more so like as a tool, if anything. On top of that, though, when it comes to like Japanese in particular, they'll write things very, very vague, and then they'll describe what they're talking about later on, like a few chapters later. That's why I really hate doing like ongoing series. I just read that's already finished because again, they don't say if I'm talking about me or you or whatever. Or they, they keep it open ended, so you're trying to think like, oh man, what were they trying to say? And then they'll show it later. Problem is that doesn't work in English. We need like talk. We need to say exactly what's going on. You know, right? But um, yeah. like uh. A lot of so oh. I speak an Asian language as well, and a lot of my language is like very, it's very abrupt and literal. Um, hmm. And also, there's words that exist that I don't know the English equivalent to, like uh, like when you go fishing and you, you hook a fish, it's like feng. Feng means like to whip something back, but I don't know the English equivalent of that motion. Like it's not because mm. it doesn't mean whip. Whip is an actual different word. So it's like I, I don't know what you would call this in English. <laughs> And I do yeah. understand that um, with like having um, two different languages like that, where it's like, it's just extremely vague, like go here, right? That could be, I go here, you go here, we go here later. It doesn't matter. It just means go here when it, when you mm. literally translate it. Cause I, I've used like uh, recently, I have a, I have a shirt, a pushing shirt that says itadakimasu. And if you try to use the Google lens to try to translate it, it goes, let us eat. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> I, I know itadakimasu doesn't technically mean that, but I mean, you could technically mean, say it means that, but it's like, it's, it's, it's a that's different a thing, word. Right? That's a word in Japanese that doesn't have a direct translation. Do you know that's how many I mean. ways like, I've in, seen in that translated like 8 yeah. million different ways? Yeah, in, no. In foreign languages, they just, sometimes there's just words that don't exist. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's not exclusive those, to yeah. Japanese and English, like uh, schadenfreude. Schadenfreude is a German word. It's the one that means when you feel joy at witnessing someone's uh, misery, right? Or deja vu. Deja vu to the experience, the feeling of experiencing something again, right? But mm -hmm. I, I fucking love that word, Schadenfreude, just because who speaks a language and goes, this is a feeling that is universal that people will feel. Let's make it a word. Like, what? What the heck? It's, but it's very it. German. <laughs> right. It's, it's a very German thing, but yeah, so uh, I understand that with if you're trying to do machine translation, it's hard for the machine to understand nuance because mm. people mm. speak very differently in different languages. It's not just like a set pattern. Like obviously you could say, all right, if it's a Latin based language, like let's say Spanish and French, they're Latin based. Uh, they share 60% of 40 to 60% of their roots. So they'll have some Latin words that overlap and their structures are very similar with the feminine masculine and how they structure mm. sentences. So for that type of language, that would make sense. But for something like an Asian language, because it's not exclusive to just Japanese. Like if you, if you know Chinese, if you know Korean, if you know freaking Laos, Thai, Mian, doesn't matter. You know, an Asian language, you understand we speak very different, backwards, different and direct. And you kind of just have to know what that means. As a fellow Asian, I can Tricky. collaborate on that. It is very <laughs> true. Uh, I am a pasty white boy who is only able to speak Spanish and English. Yeah, it's just, it's one of the it's just I think that machine translation, like Leo said, as a tool, I think it does help. Like obviously, uh, this person who's machine translating this manga that I was reading, I could tell what it was supposed to mean, but the machine couldn't. So if I were to use this machine translation, I'd be like, okay, obviously 
That does not mean that's expensive. He's talking about the tree because the context is this man. He's looking at a damn tree and he says to Kai, <laughs> obviously he means tall or big. Right. <laughs> like, uh, uh, one thing I'll add real fast. See, so asked if like uh, how familiar I am with it. So here's the thing, right? I'll, I'll like, be very blatant about it. I use machine translation a lot. Um, not because like I don't understand it and therefore that's why I use it, but can help me like figure out the sentence more so and create like different expressions that you say in English. So not so you use like, it as a map, not it as off. a guide. Precisely. Yeah. And um, I feel like a lot of people shy away from it, but I view it as like a really, really like helpful tool to make it sound a bit more natural, to make it flow better and all this type of stuff, right? Because like again, let's say for example, machine translation doesn't understand the context. If you give it that context, if you include the pronouns yourself and all kind of stuff, it can spit out something probably really good. Or um, like chat GPT or let's say for example, like uh, Bing chat. I remember there was one scene where like uh, this one guy says what's called um, he has like these like animals pretty much, right? Uh-huh. And it's gonna go like devour this one girl. So he says you can eat. And then I I thought to myself, how can I make it sound a bit better? Because translations aren't supposed to make one to one, so to speak. So I go into GPT. I say like, what are some better ways of saying like your dog can eat or whatever? It says dinner time or something like that. I'm like, oh, I think that sounds much better. It's like, oh, it's dinner time. It sounds much better than you can go eat. You know. So I, I have a side tangent. So once you yeah. learn how AI speaks, like Chat GPT AI speaks. It's very easy to identify this is AI. <laughs> so like you'll be I'll be scrolling mm. through like comments and stuff on like YouTube or Reddit. And I'm like, this is AI. Someone's using an AI bot to make this say something. No human would speak like this. Only AI would speak like this. To be fair, I, I know some people up. that are very almost not human. So I can and I have heard them talk like a machine. So but can they we have all, like not all humans <laughs> we have a person where i work who uh we always make fun of the fact that we think he's actually an artificial like he's an android <laughs> oh, uh, because he genuinely talks like a computer yeah like i i because there's i'm just saying there's a certain logic to how ai speaks oh no, no, yeah i see where i mean it's all ones that. and zeros to the ai well because again there needs to be structure to ai right to, to robots to, to how programs work it's not as robust as people think it is. Like, I, I've had to explain this so many times to people about like, all right, here's the thing. AI, if you tell it to jump without letting it know how far to jump, how much force to use, it will not be able to jump. You can't just say jump and it will be like, okay, jump. Unless it has predefined parameters. Yeah, unless, unless you're unless you're letting it learn, like it's going to jump the first time, it's probably going to fail. And then it'll do it like 80 more times. And on the 81st time, it'll be perfect. I mean, yeah. uh, unfortunately, I don't know too much about that. I can't, I can't comment on that. But what I can, I can say though is that there's a translator out there. It's like a mix of like a, it's more so like AI and it's not on a, uh, it's called Deep L. And but they'll try to do that. They'll try to essentially, uh, you can edit the text yourself to make it sound more natural, and then they'll yeah. take that. So give it enough time, and I, I think it'll get to a point where it's like really good. And in my opinion, I get bamboozled from ChatGPT alone. I don't know. I think it sounds pretty good as is. Gonna gonna keep it real. Me personally, but uh, I don't know. I've lizard brain, so that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when I was trying to translate, I was using, I believe it was True Machine S, uh, machine translation or something. But the Deep L one apparently is really robust. I know that one hmm. is. Um, I think it's AI. I'm pretty sure it's an AI one. But yeah, that well, yeah. one like Deep L. I've heard that one like it's more uh better for translating stuff. 
if you're yeah, trying Deep to get L, into Japanese Deep L is kind of a mix. It's it's almost like a hybrid because Deep L not it is it is like artificial intelligence generated, but it also takes feedback from the community and it takes that into account when it does future translations. Right. Um, so it is it is learning in a sense. Um, but, um, back to, back to what we were talking about before. Yeah. Scanlation, um, man. Oh man. Scanlation. Scan <laughs> see, this is, I, I told you, Leo, we go off on tangents all the time. Um, I mean, it's a pretty important point being that so much work out there is just machine translated, unfortunately. And it's getting like more and more of a percentage of it every day. I think, uh, there's been a recent tool that came out, I think relatively recently where they can like scan the text, like all the image, they'll scan the text and it'll essentially just like typeset and all kind of stuff like on the spot. If I oh, remember wow. correctly, but it's to the point where it's really, really easy. And so that guy probably did the um, like, oh, that tree is expensive or so. Probably shot it out and like pretty fast. That's why I didn't like bar to look it over. It's too accessible. No proofreading. <laughs> yeah, literally, man. Yikes. But speaking but, of uh, proofreading, yeah. uh, let's act. So obviously, there's got to be a process to to scanlation, just as there is to any kind of translation work. Um, so like for scanlation, where whether it's like an individual or a team, like what's the actual process to it? So, yeah, it depends. Usually there's a team of people. Um, when I started working, uh, I got into a group. It was, like, a couple people. So, like, I met a lot of, like, really robust teams where they'll have, like, one person who cleans, one person who proofreads, one person who typesets, one person who translates, and our person who will quality check it all at the end. And uh, that's too many people, man. <laughs> going to keep it real. Um, my issue with that, though, is that when you have too many people working on a project, it was cause things to take way, way too long. Yeah, so now we're talking you're about extending all the parts where because so in, in the gaming world we call this a pipeline, right? Here's a game, yeah. you can mm. shit out through a pipeline. Uh the more stops the pipeline has, the longer it'll take because it has to stop at each one before it goes forward. Yeah. And you can have so, like a natural yeah. bottleneck with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that um there's a lot of like, skills. You can edit a lot of things if you can like uh know several parts of it. For example, personally I can translate clean and typeset it myself and it helps a lot of times because i'll be typesetting it and then it helps seeing everything on the page and then i can adjust it because i know what's trying to say make it flow more natural that kind of stuff but you have several people on there um for some reason uh most typesetters i i've heard of don't know english very well and so they can't proofread yeah. they'll have someone else so they'll kind of like uh outsource this to an indian we're <laughs> going to that, that example right so like okay we, we outsource this guy over here, but oh, he just writes things down, doesn't really get what's going on. Then ask the proofreader about it, but then it kind of becomes a game of telephone to a degree. And so it takes more time to ask the translator, oh, hey, translator, can you like, take a look at this, see if it's all right? And he has to like, look through the script, the original script or the Japanese script and like make sure everything's all good and like it sounds flowing nice and all that kind of stuff. All right, well, this needs to be changed now. Then you bring it back over to the typesetter and just like, that's too much, man. So, um, yeah, I think that's why I was taking a look at um a lot of scanlations, and it seems like it's around like a chapter every two weeks, every two to three weeks. Say that's about fair. Um, and I don't know personally, I do it uh, bi daily, something like that, because uh, I just have a group of like two, three people. But because we just like streamline it so much, you just like turn it out, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I think it's much rarer finding a group of like two people or three working on something. It's usually like relatively robust. But yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like an actual like an assembly uh, line, a full almost. team. Yeah, yeah. 
I think it's because like this though, because let's say for example, a lot of people want to get better at being like artists. For example, they'll be like, "Oh, I want to get better at uh, drawing my art. Therefore, I'm gonna go join a team and they'll do that." Or someone wants to practice their English, for example, let's do proofreading instead of them being interested in doing several parts all at once. Right. So it's kind of like someone would go into like let's say for example a Discord channel and they'd be like, "Oh, I'm a proofreader," and then just go into ram different series, just trying to proofread as much as they can on a bunch right. of our different like, things. Like um, so. Stepping into the Wayback Machine about 30 years ago, uh, before a lot of Jesus. people were not born, um, a lot of people who did translate stuff in like the early in the 90s and the early 2000s, a lot of them were college mm. kids, and they were just mm. doing it because it was a a project for them to help improve upon. They're like, "Hey, I'm learning Japanese already, so I'm gonna do this as kind of a project," and and that's kind of like where mm. a lot of it comes from, of like I'll, I'll use this as something as an excuse to practice my skills. Which is actually, I mean, we, we it's a lot of work. There's actual jobs to doing this and stuff. And it's like, all right, well, we're going to discuss like, okay, if you do this for free, you're really like, um, for example, editing, um, sound editing or just uh, word editing, like novel editing. Uh, if you hmm. sell your skills for free, you're destroying the market because this is a legitimate job that people are supposed to be paid for. Like a, a text editor, for example, for proofreading books this is someone that's going to charge you baseline per hour and also per amount of words that you'll have in your text and you have to pay them like a couple hundred dollars to read your i don't know five ten thousand page essay or something and having services that are like oh i'll do it for free and it's like it, it fucks that up you say ten thousand page essay that's the longest essay ever written ten thousand words my bad ten thousand words ten thousand pages ten thousand pages maybe you out here rewriting the fucking bible like five times my point is like as an audio editor for example like my skills um as an editor in general my skills they're about like it's uh it's the same problem that we have with what are they called like fiverr websites uh gigs gig websites The cheaper you sell your skills, the more you're going to fuck the market. And this goes for any type of skill. For editing, for example, audio editing, people generally charge $45, $50 an hour. Plus, there's like other fees and stuff. Like, how much do you need me to clean? Do you need me to add sound effects? And there's there's like a whole list of like, this is how much it's going to cost you if you want me to do a bunch of stuff. You want me to professionally mix and edit Hmm. it like a studio? You're going to get, you're going to pay me like I'm a fucking studio. (laughs) And Chinoda. This is yeah. John telling us we owe him a bunch of money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys do owe me a bunch of money. I, I own the company, so all residuals are mine anyway. Who cares? But anyway. There you go. <laughs> but it's the oh. same thing for uh, voice acting. You know, if you want to be a voice actor, uh, if you do things for free, like for exposure, you're fucking killing yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Like you got to know your worth. So it, it's kind of a, another weird gray area with that, with uh, mm-hmm. with scanlation and fan translations, because it's like, can I give my there's... counter argument to that? Yeah, sure. yeah, please. All right. So my first couple, my first couple, I mean, a couple dozen of uh, chapters I released were like rough, <laughs> like really, rough, really yeah. rough. And so that's another reason why I Just do it like for the free first as couple well. Dozen episodes yeah. of this podcast but, are pretty so rough. A lot of yeah. uh, so going back to the whole college kids practicing their skills thing, they did it for free because one, it helps polish their skills, and they were rough too. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm. if there's a hole, it's a man's job to fill it. Like, <laughs> exactly, I'm, man. Like that's that's, that's the vaguely sexual, it, right? John. And, and, that's from. Do you not know the meme? Like this is. I didn't take it that way. There's a 90s mecha show where someone translates it where if there's a hole, it's a man's job to fill it. 
I have never heard Japanese. this. Is this it's from like Gundam? Saying, I think it's from Gundam. It's from the 90s, dude. But like, that's this legendary. was uh, something that a college person translated because they're like, well, I mean, that's technically what he means. Like, there's an emptiness that it's a man's job. There's a void that uh, a man, it's his man's duty to fill or something, right? But it's like, how do you translate that into English? It's like, if there's a hole, it's a man's job to fill it. <laughs> Sounds like something uh, Miura would write into Berserk just very much more eloquently. Yeah, Fucking but like, legendary. I understand that um, when there's when you're doing things for free, if there's a there's obviously a certain level of like professionalism, right? Like obviously if you're doing it as this is a side gig, it's not professional whatsoever. Sure, I don't think you should charge for that, but at the same time, you can't go into spaces like gig spaces and be like undercut people if you are trying to get into it as a job field. Like you got to understand yeah. there is a base price that everyone should be charging. Oh, well, yeah. let's say for example though, like uh, you're not very confident in your skill. Like, oh, I can yeah. do it. It's not really rough, but I wouldn't say it's great either. So to charge it the same as other people are isn't fair. But let's say right. for example, you're not at, say, aware of your own worth or you need that first, like I was called like resume, so to speak, to then be able to charge yourself more and justify it. Yeah. So and I think that's to that I'd say go talk to other people in the field. Go talk to your your uh your cohorts, people who are also doing this job show them like look at their quality look at and and talk to them you'll reach out like no one's gonna be like i'm not telling you my fucking rate like no most people will be like oh yeah no this is how much i charge for this like because the better that you know your worth the more we're all gonna be worth that's my yeah, that's good advice like, man if, i gotta take and it's, and it's, and it's, <laughs> i'm just like saying that. leo like yeah no that, that's also, that's fair it's fair it's also a great way to gauge your own skills, too, because then you can compare your skills not only against how you used to be, but how what the current level of skill is with the people you're working with or potentially working with in the future. Mm, that's right. Damn, that's some uh, solid advice. Yeah, can't go against that. So I guess my next question would be uh, timeline. Mm. So I have to figure in in terms of working with a scan a scanlation team, there are things that have to be done uh, first before other things can be done. So in a typical like when you're a typical chapter of a manga, say that comes in, like what's what's the timeline? What has to be done first, then second, then third, and so on. Um, I'd say so. Th there's two things where it doesn't matter the time that's like the translation because you can translate like just a couple dozen chapters ahead cleaning it you can just clean a couple chapters a couple chapters ahead doesn't really matter but then when it comes to like let's say for example proofreading it you could proofread it once the translation is done or you can just proofread it once the typesetting itself is done which i think is more uh it's called efficient so to speak so uh, yeah we, it's a... so have we clarified like what the positions are in a translation team no, we haven't. We should probably talk about like what, yeah, what we're talking uh, about like, with proofreading typesetting. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of manga, uh, fan translated tr manga, but like, so obviously we know what a translator is, but what would a cleaner do and what would a typesetter do? Oh, yeah. So, um, what a cleaner would do is essentially take all the text and remove all the text. Or if there's like background stuff, um, there might be a thing I would redraw as well. Sometimes there's two different people. There'd be one person just for cleaning out the text and a person that's really good at drawing. Usually the person wants to improve their drawing skills um, right. or just both very common but anyways um so that's what a cleaner is as for a proofreader they'll like take a look at uh the grammar for it and make sure everything's grammatically correct on top of that they can maybe just completely change the script itself to sound a bit more natural in english maybe throw in like uh this part sounds kind of stiff so i'm gonna like, use an expression that captures that same idea for it so that's what a proofreader is and then there's a typesetter which then she takes all those uh the words from the translation translation document and puts it onto the manga itself and then finally there's like the quality checker kind of extra in my opinion i don't know but um they kind of read it over it make sure like oh this 
this is like not centered properly or this could sound much better and all this kind of other stuff that you look at the at the end but that's why i also think that it makes more sense to like um proofread it while you are typesetting it because then you can do that so so to speak a quality check at the end as well but uh all right yeah. good so, explanation thank you yeah uh, of course and then i i assume like with um with different groups obviously it's different for how they have it set up like um i i i don't know like the ins and outs of a lot of translation groups but there is one that's kind of very um public about what they do um and it's a group called jojo's bizarre colored adventure um and there are, it's a group that not only are translating uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. They're also going in and painstakingly coloring every single panel of the manga. Holy um, shit. And so not only do they have people who are doing all the regular stuff, the cleaning, the typesetting, the proofreading, they also have actual artists that are adding stuff to it, which I feel like is an extra dimension that most translation groups don't do. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, no, most companies don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do a they do beautiful work. Um, and they've even added stuff um to the manga i've talked about this before but one of my favorite uh things they that any translation group has ever done for uh stuff that they're translating is for a specific uh chapter of part five in jojo's bizarre adventure they actually added a bunch of like uh like flavor art to the um the margins of the page um that was not there in the original um in the original publication um and it, it really made the art not only pop but it also was very appropriate for what was happening in those panels. That sounds crazy. Yeah, uh, they do. They do great work. I know there's at least a couple of those people who I believe have gone on and gotten hired uh, by actual uh, either translation teams or by like um, uh, manga publishers in Japan. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, That's a big reason why a lot of people do this honestly yeah so I, I i wanted to talk about that too like in in your experience obviously you you haven't been around for like a decade plus but do you think that there is like an actual pathway for people who start out doing this to get into like the industry legitimately almost certainly so i actually looked at other translators and um on their takes about it and so i remember listening to this one interview where a girl asked like oh how has scan leading has affected your your career wise and all that because uh, a while ago, they are talking about how it could like, damage the industry and all that kind of other stuff, like the, the shady legal area with all of it. But they said that actually greatly improved their chances of getting hired because it acts like a resume, so to speak. Then you can show people, oh, hey, this is my translation skill. I do pretty good translations, all that kind of stuff. So that way they know that you're legit. On top of that, if you hire them, they don't feel the need to do scaling for free and rather just, you know, really something official. Which kind of like... Talk about the, valuing the, the, the end skills. goal for everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that there, there's certainly there's got to be a pathway forward because like there's a lot of mangaka i won't say a lot there's a significant amount of mangaka that are uh working in japan today that started out doing dojinchi um and dojinchi is in kind of the a same legal amount, gray area yeah. that scanlation is um it's just that for a majority of like manga publishers they decided to turn a blind eye to it uh because Wait, um... they know in the end it helps them Wait, question. What can we define dojinshi? Because I know, like, uh, in English, it just means like porn. <laughs> uh, well, but, uh, I am kind of meaning it that way, but I mean any kind of fan created. Because um, dojinshi just means uh, uploaded by one person, like so just one person working yeah. on it. Yeah, so it's like, wholly original. Yeah. A lot of it tends to be, you know, straight up porn, but like not all of it. There are a good amount yeah. of dojinshi out there that are just 
their own stories and it's mm. fantastic yeah. i think the reason why we think about that is that we only see like the porn essentially get translated over here because uh, yeah, yeah yeah i mean you're you're not wrong but i mean some of those people that that started out doing doujinshi porn end up being like legit manga creators like the uh the mm. creator of um nagatoro uh, nagatoro uh, miss kobayashi's yeah. dragon maid yeah mm. yeah Yep, him too. Yep. Uh, I believe the author of uh was Food Wars as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The creator of Food Wars. Also, that's how uh, they got started. Um, I met him at Anime Expo a few years ago. He oh is, hell yeah. <laughs> he is very. He's an interesting character. <laughs> that's great. Um. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, let's say for I, example, I like, aside think... from just... oh, sorry. Oh no, go go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, aside from just porn, but like, a slice of life, for example, that kind of stuff, they can just make doujinshi's make some like good, like, like seven panels, I like, sorry, seven page stuff, like real, real quick stuff to also branch out there. So I'm not sure how that would damage the industry. I think that's what you're trying to say earlier, but uh, yeah, I may not remember that right. And 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 not to alarm anyone, but a very popular YouTuber started out as a doujinshi artist too. Ahoy. <laughs> Man. Oh really? Yeah, Hosho yeah, Marine started out as a Dojinchi artist. Hell yeah. Um I think that's part of the reason why she wants people to draw porn of her. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Um I guess you've kind of uh um like touched on this a little bit but um obviously you have knowledge in the Japanese language. If someone wanted to get into um like translating with a like a translation group um is it necessary for them to have a strong background in japanese or no um can you define strong background for it um enough to where if you went to japan you could have a conversation with just about anyone <laughs> um yes no Hongo jozu right? do i need to be to be a translator <laughs> relatively Jozu, but I don't think as Jozu as you might think, so to speak. Because there's a lot of tools out there to be able to figure out what they're trying to say if you get confused or so. You can, like, learn a lot while you're translating. And so I actually met this one Russian translator, and I was a couple of months into him learning Japanese that he started doing translation work. Uh, The reason why he was... uh, Scanlation, I mean. Uh, But the reason why he was doing Scanlation is that she helped him improve his Japanese. So it wasn't the fact that he was super Jozu, and that's why he was uh, doing Scanlation, but the fact that uh, because he wasn't so great, that it helped him improve even more. So, yeah. And I would imagine it kind of depends on what you're actually doing in a a Scanlation group. Um, If you're a proofreader and all you're doing is just proofreading the English that's already been translated, or the Japanese has already been translated, it helps more that you are very familiar with the English language. Right. Mm. Oh, easily. Right, right. Side tangent. I don't know if every person who watches anime and reads manga goes through this phase of like, I'm going to learn Japanese and learn how to translate myself. I've been watching anime, reading manga and shit since 1996. I never had a phase where I wanted to learn Japanese. Okay. Like, I so had recently. a brief phase when I was very young because I was like, I'm tired of freaking waiting week to week for new right. whatever to drop. Yep. I'm like, let me start looking into uh, learning this. I took a look and I was like, all right, let me try. I gave up so damn quickly. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, remember, holy um, shit. So I wanted so to take difficult. Japanese uh, in, in high school, but my older sister hmm. was like, no, just take French. I was like, okay, if you let me cheat off of you, I'll, I'll take French because I have a couple <laughs> of in France. 
So um, I parlay a little Francais, un peu. But there you go. I I wanted to take Japanese because I started I got into anime and stuff in like seventh eighth grade. So I this is when I was like this is my phase right where I'm like I'm turning into mm. a weave. I'm, I'm metamorphosizing right now. So I was like Nerd. I'm gonna take Japanese. <laughs> yeah, I just, hell yeah. I was like <laughs> I'm gonna learn how to speak Japanese. Blah blah blah. I'm like I have Rosetta Stone in Japanese. Like that's wonderful, uh, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> It was the worst. I, I hated that phase. Like, I was oh. bad. But recently, <laughs> because I've been watching yeah. for, like, God, since eighth grade, let's see, like, over ten years now, I've recently been watching certain animes where I'm just like, I don't want to look at the screen, so I'll just listen to the Japanese. And I'm like, I know a little bit of Japanese, so I can kind of get what they're saying, what's happening, and I don't have to watch the screen. So I'm like, I'm maybe just... I should improve upon myself a little bit and be able to, like, understand at least conversational Japanese. Like I can't read or write, but that's fine as long as I can understand. I, I, I I'm okay with that. See, one of the biggest flex I never thought about. So once uh, I, I got pretty good Japanese, I could like you know just listen to it in the background, whatever. I'd be hanging out with friends, and I can eat stuff or like just do other stuff and still catch along with the story. Feels so good, man. Because I just right? like, to the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, you're like oh, that's right. I'm, you just like because I'm so Nihongo Jozu now, bro. Like I can understand. <laughs> oh man. My eyes are closed, so I get it. Look at me, my mind is I mean, closed. It, 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 I definitely, I definitely like experience that when I watch anime. Like there, most anime I watch now, I watch subbed. But every so often, I'll go back and watch something that's been dubbed, um, and it's a completely different experience because I don't have to be focused on the screen one hundred percent of the time. And it's, it's like, it's, it's a completely different experience. See, my girlfriend, she actually does that. She actually read, uh, sorry, look through it all first and subbed. I then just watch it dubbed again because it'll be like good background noise. So like, she's seen like one yeah. piece like fucking twice now. <laughs> it's because oh, wow. like it's just in the background and she just do something else. Is she like 800 years old? <laughs> for real, man. <laughs> you have I don't know to if you need to watch one piece it. twice. Dude, I've watched, I'm on like episode 40, man. I, I can't find more time to keep continuing, man. Oof. Man, he, he talked to Natai. He watched like the entirety of One Piece over like two weeks. Who watched it? I don't know Child. how. <laughs> My dad's watching it in his sleep. Yeah, I guess. I, I I don't know how, but I guess. Um, so um, let's actually talk a little bit about um, specific sayings. So in English, as as is it true in Japanese too, there are sayings that don't really translate very well um so hmm. when you get one of those in uh, a manga that you might be translating what do you think is the best way to handle like how would you handle that or what what are some ways you've seen it done perhaps where it wasn't handled bad or what wasn't handled well um before i get into like ways i haven't seen it handled well i want to say how i do handle it so here's our case where i think machine translation does a pretty good job because, uh, again, if you put it to, like, DeepL, for example, um, they won't just give out, like, a super direct translation or so that doesn't sound right. They usually find some kind of way to go around it. And if not, if you understand what it's trying to say, you can also ask things like ChatGPT or, like, Bing Chat. Oh, wait, this is, like, the general idea here. What's the way I can rephrase that? And it'll give you a whole bunch of different rephrasings for it. That's how natural yeah. in English. So, yeah, that's usually how I go about that, personally. I think it's very nice. As for really bad examples I can think of, I want to go over resident evil like one into like the original like resident evil games because they sound like a really really stiff and like very campy right but i think a lot of that is I, due to this poor translation like I, uh you guys heard like I, the master of unlocking scene right you guys are aware of that yeah i so i know i, I, mean, I personally yes. love the original resident mm -hmm. evil sound like voiceovers because it's like it's so bad 
It's fantastic. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love it. Oh, I would argue that's Barry, part of what makes it You were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> Is that? No, that was good. <laughs> it's Sorry. so good, so good. But no, you're good, you're good. But um, one point I want to mention. So there's a lot of expressions that are like exhausted. Oh, uh, super, super overused. Like, I bet you guys all heard. Well, it can't be helped, huh? You know, like yeah. uh, Japanese equivalents, like oh, shogunaina. But um, yeah, I, I was being aware of something's like overused all the times and just trying to switch it up. So what's another way you can like give that idea of? Or like, let's say for example, they use the word like you're boring, like, oh, So like, oh, you're really boring or so. You might see that be translated as you're no fun, and like other ways yeah. to go about. I build flavor text, right? Mm-hmm. But um. And another thing I want to mention as well, so what the Japanese is structured, they'll give a whole sentence and then use the noun at the end. So they'll explain it. So like, oh, you, the master of unlocking Jill, or so like, they'll give this whole thing and then put it at the end. And it sounds very, very stiff. Mm. And again, that's why I think it's also nice to use machine translation all the time. Because that's how I, when I'm looking at Japanese, I'll view it directly like that. It's like, they're giving this whole little sentence and then that at the end. And the way you put that into English sounds very stiff. You can make it work, but it doesn't sound right put the machine translation oh, okay that's how you can rephrase in english sounds better and then you can play on that and expand upon it i mean there's also yeah. like um so <laughs> i don't remember which anime it was where in the english dub they decided um gochiso sama was like rub a dub dub thanks for the grub <laughs> like <laughs> i want to say i like that, was, oh, I like that. that's squid not, girl that's or excellent something. <laughs> but like <laughs> you gotta be squidding me i <laughs> see i like that one because it's like she uses eka puns but like there's obviously again like good soul sum up like that thanks for the meal rub dub dub thanks mm. for the grub like i know what you're talking about rub dub dub thanks i for know the... i've heard this too and i cannot yeah. for the life of me remember so rub dub dub thanks for the grub is like an english colloquialism for like thanks for the food and it's mm. usually said by people like who are from the sticks so Obviously, for a uh, just, for say, company, just say rednecks, John. Just say rednecks. <laughs> it's not just rednecks, man. The people in anyway, it it's like it's a colloquialism for us English speakers to understand. Uh, at least if you American English is like this is someone mm-hmm. from the sticks. So this is how they would speak. So that's why they would use that to try to relate it. So it's like uh, so. I guess the question here is like, how do you translate certain other Japanese tr- sayings like gochiso sama or itadakimasu? to uh to an english-speaking audience because obviously you're right there's there's context involved obviously a person from the city saying is not gonna eat the uh, gochi so someone from the city is not gonna be meaning like they're from the sticks like if, in case there's an accent and stuff like that because there's also different dialects <clears throat> and stuff in japanese correct and right like because of these dialects it's like well they they're speaking more of like a country bumpkin like uh people from up in um hokkaido for example i know the hokkaido accent is like it's 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 mountain accent. Hmm. I like how um it, a lot of Japanese or a lot of uh, like anime translations, like sub translations, they do now. Um, if a character has a like a heavy uh, Kyoto accent, they always translate it with like apostrophes in the place of missing vowels, and it's like how people speak here in the south. Oh, where they just skip vowels? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it is it Is it the other dialect I know? I think I'm thinking about. That's another one, yeah. Yeah, I know. For uh, some reason, the... I guess it, from what I've understood, the the Kyoto dialect is thought of as like unintelligent. I don't know why. I don't think so. 
But, I, mean, um, I, I don't know if that's true Kyoto or not. Was, I like, just heard people old, say uh, that capital, people think so, it's like, un, like, un, uh, intellectual. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Hmm. No, I, I do know a lot of like, uh, it's called, uh, more obscure dialects kind of get clowned on a little bit because uh, they don't like showing off too much. That uh, It's called, you're from like the sticks, or for example, or something like that terms. So they'll use like a more like common dialect, use like Tokyo dialect or so. But I need to look more into that, to be honest. But um, as to what you said earlier about like, how you take care of that situation, a lot of it matters on the character itself. Because let's right. say, for example, that uh, character I said, like, oh, rubble, rub, dub, uh, thanks for the grub, <laughs> if I remember that right. Uh, if that was a character that came from the sticks, for example, and it's an amazing translation. But of course, it doesn't work for every single person, but it's about the general idea. What are they trying to say? Okay, they're saying they're right. thankful for the food. And like, what's some like other ways you can say like let's say for example if it was like a really formal character what's a very formal way of saying like oh thank you for the the meal or so you know there's a bunch of ways you can go about it uh, i can't think of any specific things right now but uh yeah i well i think it's very um context specific like it really matters based on what you're translating uh, a, an example of this that i love to point out where it's actually good localization that completely changes the meaning of what's being said um hmm. is in the monogatari series um first of, of all bless <laughs> the people who had to tra translate this shit because i don't know if anyone's ever read or watched the monogatari series but it has so many like japanese colloquialisms that i don't know how it ever got translated properly but it did this is why it took forever like to get freaking um uh picked up the, because it's yeah. actually super hard to translate no but one there wanted is a, to do uh, it <laughs> there's a there's a scene in um baki monogatari it's the the cat the the famous cat uh tongue twister and in japanese it's like an actual like japanese tongue twister just with the the nyan accentuated because it's you know cackle um they didn't even try to translate it literally they just put they inserted an actual english um tongue twister that is not in any way close to what's being said um and Makes it sense. works it works like you get yeah, the idea that it's you don't need twister. to know the actual text of what's being said you just yeah. need to understand that it's a tongue twister that's being said here yeah hmm. Um, but that's that's a that's a good example, I think, of a translation where um, you can completely change what's being said, and it still works. Yeah, I agree. Actually, reminds me of going to this quick side tangent. I talked about this with someone the other day, uh, talking about like, translation notes and all that kind of stuff. Because I was talking to them mm -hmm. about uh, direct translations, and like a lot of times, like what you what you're reading isn't close to what the Japanese is saying whatsoever, right? All and they're like, "Oh no, I should like the uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah." But um. They'll be mentioning about like, oh, I really like the translation uh, notes and all that kind of stuff because uh, they want it to be more like what they're trying to say and really give off what they're saying instead of like uh, it coming off as like fan fiction. And I think this is the thing, right? It's really easy to try to make it sound a bit more natural in English and just completely fuck it up. And then it would just sound really like off or like you kind of go off on a bit of like fan fiction territory in a sense. If you, if you get what I'm trying to say, if you get the idea there, yeah. but if you kind of skewer it a little bit, so to speak. Yeah, and I, I think but, there's um, a lot of... Yeah. The reason I, I brought this up was because a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to translate uh, Japanese into English when there's things like uh, the context of certain words. Like uh, like when Luffy says, uh, nakama, right? Like, my friends, right? Like, the, right. the context behind how he's saying it, it's like he's, he means it very deeply. Like, it's it started just saying, my friends. It's like, my bros or something. But it, obviously, you can't just, like, my bros, dude, my bros, because Luffy doesn't <laughs> talk like that. But it's... right. It, it's such a contextual language that it's it's amazing to me that people even still want to keep trying to translate it instead of just doing literal translations and just picking what works best because it's it's definitely a skill 
because you had to be very uh linguistic you had to be very conversational yeah. there was there hmm. was a really good example of this in the uh the english dub of uh your name so there's a, a joke uh I, i'd say it's about the midway point of your name where uh a little i guess a little bit of spoilers for your name the big like um thing of it is it's body switching uh, and one of the main characters who is a girl and a guy's body is uh talking to the guy's friends and uses a feminine uh like identifier for uh, oh, yeah, 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 in a guy's body yeah, and he goes uh she goes uh ore boku <laughs> watashi mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i remember that I thought that was oh, really how did they well. translate so that in, as in the English dub? Uh, if I recall, it was done. Um, they didn't even use oh, pronouns at all. It wasn't even done in a like a, a, a gendered way. It's like uh, something to the I, I don't remember the exact words. Forgive me, but it was something to the effect of um, uh, they use time. Uh, so uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, because that would be that's like one of the jokes that it, it's hard to translate in English. So, should I explain uh, that real fast too? What they uh, yeah. they said. So yeah. yeah, so in Japanese, what you said was like uh, so like atashi means I, but it's a very feminine way of saying it. Boku mm. it means I, but it's kind of like a bit more of like a boyish way of saying it, or like kind of like it's kind of standard, right? Watashi very very standard, just kind of like gender neutral, and Oda is like the masculine man or so, right? And mm. so, right. but the thing is, they all translate to I. <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah. so like it doesn't work uh so yeah they had, had to be creative about that and uh changing it to well, time i think is pretty cool i mean it's like it's like in 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 spanish there's el la los mm, right 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 el gato el gato la, la gata <laughs> <laughs> and and if you're a woman you don't want to go to el baño you want to go to la baña <laughs> there you go uh yeah i, I think it's 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 interesting for me seeing the uh, different ways that some translators handle translations like that, where there isn't an obvious like direct translation between Japanese um, and English. Um, and it can be, it can be done very poorly. Um, and I think there it's easier to do it poorly than it is to do it, to do it well, especially if it's a saying or a way of speaking where you're forced to actually change what's being said. Um, like in the case of what they did with your name or with um, uh, the uh, tongue Monogatari twister series? with uh, with Monogatari. Well, like the uh, so in, for example, Black Lagoon in the anime, there's a part where in, I believe it's season two. Yeah. In season two, when Rock goes back to Japan. So the entire the entirety of Black Lagoon is actually supposed to be being done in English. Mm. Um, like when he meets Revy and Balalaika and um, when the main character Rock meets um, oh my god Duke? No Benny Which one? The dude? Dutch Dutch. <laughs> Benny, oh, Dutch oh, okay. and Revy he's speaking English to them because Revy's Chinese American Dutch is he's uh, black American and I believe Benny is German or something but they're all speaking English so they're supposed to be speaking English this entire time. And one of the hard things to like dub for that, the English dub was like, well, when they go back to Japan, uh, Rock is being brought along by Balalaika, who he's communicating to in English. But everyone else there is obviously speaking Japanese and they don't understand what like um, anyone else around Rock is saying because they're speaking English. 
So it's like it's one of those weird situations where it's like, okay, we're supposed to spend disbelief that this is being done in English, even though it's being done in Japanese and there is no dub. But then when you translate it to English, it's like, okay, now we're actually speaking English. So it's hard <laughs> to translate it now because it's like, all right, now they're not having the same conversations. And it's like they... to try to evoke that feeling of like, okay, how do we translate this scene of like, so there's a scene in, in season two where Revy is saying the guy, the guy at the uh, carnival is cheating because she's trying to get this prize, right? And she's yelling hmm. at him in English, but he's like, he says to her like, you're in Japan, speak Japanese, damn it. But it's like, obviously Revy doesn't, like, you can't, how do you translate that when it's, in, when it's all being done in English? And it's like, <laughs> you kind of yeah. just get the, the, the general feel of like, he just gets mad at her like, hey, what do you think? I'm a cheat. And it's like, okay, yeah, I guess I can get it across, but. They did something. They did funny. something kind of like that in in Vinland Saga, the first season, uh, because obviously they're in reality they're speaking oh, between, ja yeah. they're speaking Japanese to each other in reality, but uh, in the story they're supposed to be speaking like Anglo-Saxon and 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 uh, you know, the, the languages of the day in that in that period right. in that that area of the of the globe. Um, and there's a scene where someone. Uh, yells at Ascalad, I forget who it was, about um, not being able to speak the language of the Welsh properly. And then the, uh, the the Japanese voice actor, to their credit, just starts speaking Welsh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, just out geez. of nowhere. <laughs> but Price sounds uh, really jarring as well. Oh, yeah. it was. Like, yeah. Uh, the same thing happens in um, Durarara. Um, where what's the guy's name that owns the uh, the restaurant? I can't remember his name. Um, and anyway, uh, he's speaking to Isaiah, and they actually the first thing they say to each other is in Russian, and that's supposed to be a uh, a hint to you, the audience member, that oh, this entire conversation is being done in Russian in in the story. You're just going to hear it in Japanese. <laughs> they did that that in draw on? I just well. assumed it was Japanese. No, 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 it's no, it that specific right. conversation. Those two characters right. are supposed to be speaking Russian to each other. And like but, yeah. them starting out, the first two things that they say to each other are in Russian in the in the dub. Um, that's supposed to be like a, a hint to the audience. Like, oh, okay. Uh, the rest of this is right. going to be in the language that you're speaking, but this actual conversation is meant to be taking place in Russian. Yeah, uh, I, I think what you meant, it went over my head when I was watching it, though. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought it was a cool little... little greeting anyways as you're saying about what's called like, the great pretender the same thing kind of mm -hmm. happened but didn't they have like a little like thing in the bomb saying like oh switching over to japanese now but it's like yes, imagine yeah. that they're speaking english. the first so the first they, five minutes of the show the take place in english yeah they'll start off in mm. english but then they'll transition over and it's just like i kind of like that because like one it's <laughs> it's pretty hard to listen to uh some japanese people try to speak english i get that english is uh mm. english ega muzukashi like it's hard i get it <laughs> um right but it's like yeah. I personally would have preferred the whole route of like just just a pretend that they're going to be speaking in English, but speaking hand wave Japanese, it. just hand wave it, just hand yeah, wave just it, hand dude. wave the right. shit out of it. It's like, pretty the, jarring. The scenes, the scenes where they make uh, Revy's voice actors do speak English actual are English, not good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. Give it me a really give fluent. Me what? <laughs> Yikes, man. All right. Oh my um, goodness. Next question. Yeah. Um, so I I guess we've kind of talked about this um a little bit, but we can get in a little bit more to it. Um I know John probably I think it was John that put this on here. Uh, so how do scanlation groups handle uh this concept of sniping? And maybe yeah, do we so, want to talk uh, about what I it is? I put this in here because 
I, again, I read a lot of manga, so I do know about like sometimes groups are assholes and they snipe series from each other. Drama um, online, John? No. I, I mean, that's a lot of drama sometimes in the space. Not gonna lie. <laughs> a lot of course, of drama, any dude. space like, has drama. Yeah. Any space. I get it. Like, obviously, if a, a big scanlation group is supposed to be doing this project and it's like they're running late or something, and you're like, okay, well, I I have free time. I'll translate it for whatever. But then like. Just like the whole, like, it's kind of like the mafia, right? Where you mm. can't go to their territory and their turf. Like you selling on our turf, punk. And you didn't even pay respects to the Don. Absolutely not. I, like, I'll say this. This is coming from someone that wants to snipe so bad. Dude, I, there's so many series I want to snipe. Leo, I can't don't snipe. do it. They're so don't, slow. Don't... They're so slow, bro. bro. I get like, that. They I upload get once it. every couple months. Bro, I'll take, I'll, I'll take out the series in a fucking month, man. Oh my God, dude, I can't. Oof. But uh, <laughs> about but, that, so let me explain what sniping is for people who don't know what sniping is. So essentially, what sniping is that there'll be um there's a translation group that's doing one series, and then someone else will be coming and just be like, "Oh, you're doing that series? Cool. Well, I'm gonna start doing it right now then as well." And they just come in, then they'll start pumping it out as well. And there's a bit of like, "Oh, yo, bro, what the fuck? That was my series, and you just kind of came in here and just took it out of nowhere. That kind of sucks, you know?" Yeah, like there but, was a uh, there was like, a series I was reading. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Leo, but. There's a series I was reading that got sniped by this really shitty translation group. And I was so pissed. I was like, at first I was like, oh, look, there's like 20 new chapters and they're all just machine translated. No editing, oh, no cleaning. And I'm just like, they just pasted oh, white little text boxes. And I'm like, I hate this. Why the fuck? And it's like, yes, yeah, garbage. Uh, it, it was garbage. It was garbage translations. And it's it was just so infuriating when Stuff snipers like come in. Like, so infuriating. He took his glasses off. reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like there's there's certain um obviously like sniping is no good get like if it's a series where someone mm. hasn't translated in a while and they're just like they just they've been gone i don't think that's really much of a sniping as it is like all right well you haven't been online for like six months dude people have been waiting for new chapters for six months like i'll, I'll do it myself but there's other ones where uh, it's like okay they release monthly and it's like i know that they release monthly even though it's a weekly um upload but it's like it's their thing, and it's like oh, I don't you don't really want to step on their toes. I don't want to be that so, asshole who snipes. Here's my take on that, right? So this is the, all right. So I work for it's one group right now. It's called Anime Waves, right? But the reason why I started working with them to begin with is that the fact that we had this one series called like uh Subaru Susan, and um they actually came over, uh, they joined our Discord and be like, oh hey, we see you guys are doing the series. You're fucking slow, but like. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, what, what if we help out? Like, oh, well, let's like combine, combine forces, make a like a little collab, and like, oh, hey, like if you have a translator, that's cool. But we have some like good cleaners and redrawers, and like if you have a type they're cool. But if not, we have one as well, and we can like do something else to try to like, speed things up, so to speak. And uh, I thought it was a pretty cool idea. So the thing is, too, our group leader, so to speak. Um, so my old group I used to be part of was called Abandon Group, and then our group leader abandoned us for uh, a month and a half. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Big yikes. But, um, so I was talking to this guy for a bit and, uh, the old group leader, right? Well, it still is. But anyways, he asked me if I wanted to be the uh, leader for a bit in case he ever, like, disappears or so. And I'm like, oh, can you clarify that for me? And then he just disappeared for a month and a half. So I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta take the role now. But, um, <laughs> I was talking to this guy about it. Uh, the other group leader came in and seemed to want to collab. And I, this is my mindset, right? I was thinking to myself, if I'm making a series, right? And if I'm, like, slow as shit, because I got like do school or work or anything else. What matters to me most is the readers being able to read, you know? Right. So like if I'm really slow and all that, 
if someone else can come in and start like pumping out a series with really really good quality and it's like weekly or like semi-daily or whatever right fantastic that is fantastic my book i would love to see that so i, I was under assumption that the other guy would be cool with it as well so i'm like hell yeah man let's do this that'd be fucking great and then uh yeah so that's like my take on sniping about it i think it depends where you're coming from if you're trying to make things a quality trying to speed things up it's for like the reader i think it's great but then the guy came back and he was kind of like, oh, but this is like my series. So very much this idea of like, it's their own series. It's their right. thing that they're doing and all that. So they don't want anyone to come on their quote unquote, their turf or so. Which in my opinion is kind of ass. Like if you're not going to come, if you're going to like <laughs> yeah. be gone for a couple of months and all that, bro, it's not even your bro. Get out of here, man. That's how I view it. <laughs> to Maybe put I'm like relative. extra salty about it. I can yeah, tell he's talking with his hands to... because I keep hearing this. Yeah, <laughs> relative to like a salary man. If you ever worked in an office job or, or you've been part of a project as a project manager and you've had to deal with other department project managers, you'll understand what this feels like. Hey, you're Especially assigned man. a project and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. But then uh, the project that you're on isn't actually yours. It's this guy's department and he hasn't done jack shit for a month. So you're, you and your team are like, well, we can do something to make it better. So you do. And then that guy is like, what the fuck, dude? This is my project. And you're like, what the hell? You weren't doing nothing for a whole month, man. What am I supposed Literally. to do? Not doing anything? Exactly. Man. Welcome to corporate America. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> office oh politics don't stop, yeah. man. It don't. I mean, Never, if you've right? ever seen the movie Office Space, it's a lot like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But, um, to comment a little bit more about that, right? So I think you give the example of like of they haven't done anything in a couple of months. So I think there's like an unspoken rule. If it's been like six or seven months, it's just up for grabs. Like a series right. like up for grabs. Yeah. Don't like have to talk about they, it. If someone's been gone and they haven't updated in over a month, I think that's fair game. Like if this is a, hmm. a, a translator group who has been pumping stuff out weekly and then they go MIA for a month, it's like, okay, we've we don't know what happened and people want their we're three chapters behind. Like, let's pick it up. Like, sure. And if they come back after that month and they, they, they get all pissy and it's like, well, you were gone for a month and you didn't you, you didn't have the common decency to at least let us know what happened. It's kind of like the thing about I think they do though to a degree. So there's like a code of like chivalry, so to speak. Uh and what you do is like they'll go on to like the uh their Discord group. Usually at the end of like a chapter, they'll be like, Oh, join our Discord so and they'll go in there. And it'd be like, oh, hey, I've noticed you guys haven't been like uploading as much, or whatever. Like, would you like you want to do what the other guy said? Say, you want to join forces or just say, hey, if you're busy, whatever, is it cool if I just come in and take it anyways? I met other people right. that said there'd be perfectly cool people sniping their series as long as they ask. And it's asked, yeah. like, oh, hey, are you serious? Can I take it over? And they're like, sure. There's no problem yeah. with that, you know? A I lot think, of times, as uh, long my... as you communicate beforehand, it's a lot okay. of my examples exactly. are not from, um, manga translation but from light novel translation where mm. someone might like they'll they only upload to their website like their um what is it called what's, it, what's that wordpress they'll, they'll upload to their own wordpress website and they'll be just mia for a month and you'll be like all right what happened <laughs> we don't know they didn't post an update mm. you can't reach them by email so I, I get that nowadays a lot of groups have discord and stuff and you just dm people yeah. and it's a lot easier to get a hold of people now which is a great thing and there are legit reasons for for the like the publishing right. process to break down. Like someone could be sick or have a family yeah. emergency that they got to take care of for a couple of weeks. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's you not to mention the fact that it's free. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there's some to do. So how do you how do you feel about groups that actually charge for translation? Because there, I wouldn't say there are very many of these uh, groups that will translate for money, but I like. I wouldn't say translate for money, but 
there's a specific group I'm thinking of that I will not name that if you pay them, I think it's like 15 or 20 bucks, they'll translate hmm. like 10 chapters of a series. But usually it's series that have been dropped and no one else is doing it. So that they won't step on people's toes, but they will do that. Hmm. But it's like they only translate things if you pay them money. How do you honestly, feel? Yeah, it sounds a... like a pretty good service, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, again, like I say, it's a service. Yeah. Like if right. no one else is going to do it, what are you going to do? Just sit around like a parade that someone picks it up or so? That's how I, I view mean, it. That's, I, I am very say. biased <laughs> being that like I am also blaming the people where it's like I you know I'm trans like, scaling and all kind of stuff and be like man if I could make money that'd be fucking great <laughs> so like I'm like envious so to speak you know but right. um I will I will say that's where you kind of like go away from the legal gray area and just become fully illegal uh, that's because true. you are you agree, are yeah. you are profiting off someone else's work without licensing it Mm, right that, i fully agree and i think that is definitely crossing the line in my opinion that's why i asked for donations <laughs> yeah no see it's a, yeah if you do a ten dollar donation you didn't pay me you're just donating and then you get to see me translate stuff well especially exactly. if it's a general donation to the person doing it and not for a specific thing i mean yeah you got uh, there's I mean, definitely there's, a leg this there's the, on <laughs> I, I mean this is that, what i do that would never hold in court like if kodansha caught you doing that and they they'll slap you for fucking um cease and desist right away like oh, kodansha might not care katakawa on the other hand oh yeah it's a thing though right like i don't know i think there's like this rule of like if something's getting published or so or like either it's been announced it's going to or already is just don't touch it i i think like pretty much it's about every group is like uh understandable of that uh on top of that though i want to know your opinion on this right so what i do is, uh, is that uh for donations so to speak on the end of my chapters i'm like oh hey Here's my Patreons. Yeah, <laughs> like here's my Patreon, Patreon here's my Ko-Fi, like, like Twitch coffee, subscribers. Like, yeah. Yeah. There are other yeah, ways so to, the, to help out your um to help out people you're a fan of. Like Yeah. And I don't want to like paywall it. Paywalling feels kind of yeah. dirty because like, then it's like people yeah. donate, we're still gonna be creating content, right? Like that's kind of like hmm. how we view it. Like whether or not people pay us money, we're still gonna be cranking out episodes because we like doing this yeah. surprisingly we like doing this i don't know why we've been doing it for so long but we <laughs> like because doing we're it. all insane have i ever told you the definition of insanity, of insanity yeah <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's great though man yeah i think that with uh because i i hate waiting on the official translations from um oh my god who's publishing overlord right now Top seven seas. It's um, no, um. Oh my god, I know, I know it too, and I can't think of it. He's Jamie. Look that up. <laughs> Yen press. Jamie, find the book. Where's Yen the book? press? Yen press. Yen press. Thank you. Oh yeah. Hey. Yen press. So Yen press takes fucking effort. forever to translate novels. Okay, like hmm. a novel, a freaking volume will come out, and they'll translate it a year and a half, maybe two years later. Who I hate waiting that long. At least for Overlord, right? So last summer, uh, volumes 15 and 16, I believe, or is it 14 and 15? Two volumes dropped, right? Within like six months of each other. I'm not going to be able to legally read these volumes for about two years because of their fucking release schedule. And it sucks. And so that amount of time is to learn Japanese. You, Mariyama. I want to support you. You go talk to Yen Press, Mariyama. You tell them, translate that shit within the month. I'll have, I'll pay you money. <laughs> You know what like, the yeah, thing that's another reason it. why I'm I'm not completely against fan translations because like, dude, this is something I want to read. I actively yeah. am willing to pay money for this, mm. but I can't have it legally for two 
fucking years. That's and an we ouch, also in a language so that you can read. Slow. Yeah. And it's like, it's one thing if it's like, I know that uh, I believe Shonen Jump, Jump does this where when the manga chapter gets published, you can pay for monthly jump and uh, you can read it like, I think it's like next day or something or within like a couple hours. Like how Crunchyroll does it or they'll subtitle things, right? Yeah. But so except for manga and it's like you pay this, I think it's like 10 or $15 a month and you basically get to read manga. Um, they call certain... it a simul pub. Yeah. So I love I, that. I would love to have that. But the problem again for at least for manga is that I I just have so many different series from so many different publishers that I read that some are on weekly basis, some are on monthly basis, that it would be impossible for me to find a vendor who would be able to translate all of that. Like obviously yeah. it'd be great if we had one giant service that did this, but we don't. Hmm. It's not there yet. I, I'd so love it. Why... I'd love a service like that for for light novels because, like, as much as sometimes, as long as you have to wait for manga, sometimes you got to wait. Like John with with Overlord, sometimes you got to wait for uh translate like officially translated versions of light novels for months, if not years. Yeah, and then for certain novels, like they don't have a weekly or monthly publication, you have to wait till the Tonkoban gets translated, the whole fucking Tonkoban, like three four volumes. And that, mm. yo, how long is that going to take? <laughs> like freaking months, years. And That's what I want just... to talk about, man. Because uh, when I started like, what's called getting into learning Japanese and all that, big reason why is because like I hate reading things like online. For example, I first started like Komi can't communicate. I remember like, I was bought like, all of them in like the span of a week. Fucking loved it, right? And I'm like, right. well, shit. I burned through all like available nine volumes. What am I gonna do now? It's gonna go read the scanlation versions of it. When I go do that, like it doesn't feel the same, you know? Which just kind of mm-hmm. sucks. That's why I went over to like just learn Japanese. Like I like having it physically, but um, yeah. It, but I was also looking at it. They were like at volume like 20 or so when we we're like nine. They're like years apart. And yeah, it's yeah. like, do you want to wait? I'm not going to wait like a couple of months just to get a volume. It kind of sucks. And there's no need for it to take that long either, in my opinion. I don't think it takes that long to translate it. As yeah, I said, it's the because they, they want to be on this release schedule where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, Japan's had it for like four or five years. We'll release it in four or five years to the point, you know, where you'll basically, they're mimicking the release schedule. And it's like, <clears throat> why do you do <clears throat> this? I no one wants this, man. I can explain Netflix why actually. Not... <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So um I, I was translating this one series called The Heroine's Despaired. And but I'd be uploading like literally daily. I was going crazy with that series, right? But then there's like, the Russian translator who's uploading a chapter weekly. And uh it's one of those series that kind of sucks to read weekly, in my opinion, because like it's progressed too slowly. So that's why I kind of decided to rush it out. He then uh, reached out to me saying like, oh, hey, bro, like, why are you uh, rushing it out so fast? Why are you uploading so quickly and all that? I'm like, oh, it's because like I can. Essentially, like, I can, therefore, I will. Because what I like to do. And he's like, oh, but you, dude, you're killing all the views, man. Like, if you do that, it's not going to get as much views as compared if you're uploading it weekly. Right. And uh, yeah, definitely. You're for- right. Because consumers are, the, the bingers are very in the minor. Like, I understand that the way that I consume media is I will literally binge it then I'll forget about it for years. <laughs> That's mm. how I, I read my light novels. I'll, I'll binge it to the point where, or my web novels as well, all novels, really. I'll binge it to the point where it's this is the last translation. I'll literally forget about it for three, four, five years until it gets a manga or an anime and be like, oh, yeah, I read that. Maybe <laughs> I should pick it back up. <laughs> right, so, I, hear, I hear you. I get it. I get that having a weekly thing, it's it retains views because it's like, I'm going to read this one chapter and then every every week I'll see it again. It's like, okay, yeah, you'll retain viewership. I, I know there's a psychology behind it, but John, minus, I, I, statistics Mr. I went to read uh, 50 chapters of Skip and Loafer in two hours. 
<laughs> I did it work. in four hours because it's a monthly release manga mm. and it's 50 chapters. Yes. Because <laughs> that first episode was so good and I loved it. Yeah. Right, one, one thing I want to mention real fast about um uploading because I eventually finished it. There's another website I use where they actually show you the views and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't upload there for like I think uh like two weeks, something like that. And so it was getting roughly around like a thousand views on all every single chapter. And I disappeared, finished the series, came back, and I mass uploaded it. And so it went from like roughly a thousand views. So like literally right here is like uh 180, 150, like 170. So like it cut off like oh, wow. 90%. That's a big like difference. It's a really yeah, big difference. And it just literally only reason why is because they don't see it on the front page anymore. They're not constantly seeing yeah. it and being reminded to read is it, it. Is it kind of something like the the algorithm on youtube where it's like you need to upload consistently but if you're uploading no like, it's all the so time what it's it like is, is not worth on on manga aggregate sites uh and also like like manga decks for example um we do not condone using manga <laughs> aggregate sites however what people will do so i've heard is that they allegedly will, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> They'll just read what's on the front page because the front page is what has the thumbnails of like the series that people are updating. Mm. And you'll be like, oh, hey, I read that. Click. Oh, that looks interesting. Click. Y'all um, have to remember, people are basic ass bitches. They yeah, see like, the first thing. If it's and not like, all oh, click that. Page, I'm not going to click it. Now, I want to point out, me. we're not saying that, that fans of Anime Club After Dark are basic ass bitches because you are cultured individuals if you're watching us. Of course. <laughs> but I like for I'll me... Just... Uh, for what I do, and I know I'm a weirdo, but I'll go through and like, uh, like I'll click all the stuff on the front page. Allegedly, click stuff <laughs> on the front page, so that way I'll have a bookmark. Of like, here's the cookie saying, "Here are all the." This was that front page that I last looked. Then I'll go through and click on all the series. Allegedly, of all the series that I am reading, when they have updated chapters, and I'll just have like 50 tabs open every day. Of like here are the updated chapters until I get to the other row of like look at you clicked on all the uh last time you clicked on all of the front page stuff and I'll be like all right here's my block of reading for today <laughs> right allegedly and I'll do that every day. <laughs> oh, I, I actually like how you use the example of is like YouTube or anything like that because here's the thing about these websites right, um these websites reward people for like uh, uploads for example of having readers come back it's all about having the reader come up there every single day if you right. finish the series they're gonna finish it and then leave there's no point to coming back so they do try to do their best to try to have you get into the ongoing series and all that kind of stuff all right so which you- is why a lot of uh a lot of translators will do like they'll have their own website like you should read it on our website because it's a lot easier you can get direct ad revenue and other illegal things that you shouldn't be doing to profit off of the series but uh, <laughs> allegedly it Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> on Minecraft. <laughs> on Minecraft. Just, just if you're if you're talking about anything that's legally gray, just add on Minecraft to the end, and it's like you've satisfied the FBI. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can build everything in Minecraft. You can build a web browser in Minecraft. Actually, that's pretty interesting. You can you can you can translate Trails. manga on Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Our episode <laughs> of uh, Doctor Stone season three has a direct Minecraft reference. Which is hilarious. Hell yeah. Shame no one watches that. Uh- <laughs> I think a lot of people do watch it, just not us. I think only just- Chinoda and Natai, right? Watch it on our episode on our podcast. Yeah, I think so. I don't I've let me talking. ask Natai. He's pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he watch he he watches Dr. Stone, but 
All right. We should get back Wait. to the, the topic, boys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're almost done with um, this it's might still hand. be part of the topic, but I want to know your take on it real fast. So you say you go on like the front page of manga and all that, and so it says like culture. There's a lot of culture stuff on there, right? It's essentially like the thumbnail. A lot of people, I think, do go after like thumbnails. And I think a lot of scanlation groups are surprisingly after it's here for like three things one they're really passionate about translating a lot of people like me want to become official second odd ego trip and thirdly it's called be uh people after numbers and uh, i think a lot of people after numbers also go after just like the uh like edo stuff like the more of, like that that's genre so to speak right because it also yeah. works like with like the quote-unquote the algorithm or so you go on the front page you see boobs Mm, I like boobs, and then that. Way I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm not that. gonna say it's like 100 percent of the time, but I have noticed that anytime we upload an episode of the podcast and our thumbnail on YouTube includes tits or ass, we get way more views. <laughs> I mean, I'm not knocking it down. I'm just saying, boobs fucking great. But like, <laughs> I get it. I understand why it's a thing. But um, yeah, this is something I I, I noticed, and I think that's why there's like more so I say like uh, like etchy stuff out there than it is more like uh slice of, and it's not more slice of life but like as of like more so like adult stuff like horror or like anything that's really dark themed i don't really see much of that on there we guys say that's fair so to speak i, I don't read that much scan yeah, stuff i would but say it seems like sex sells it so. definitely does um i know that um allegedly this manga <laughs> aggregate site that uh supposedly someone uses <laughs> they've been uploading like just straight up porn lately where it's nice. like it's just I'm like, hey, I've seen this before. Oh, it's porn. No wonder I've seen it before. I, I was reading that <laughs> yesterday. Oh, crazy. But it's well, like I mean, they're, to your, they're to trying your to drive credit, more clicks to their website. Mm. It, 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 to, to, to the credit of what you're saying, like, I, obviously, it's a big part of the reason why a lot of, um, well, right before it started, the anime adaptation started airing, and probably while it was airing, too, a lot of manga aggregate sites had a lot of traffic on uh, My Dress Up Darling. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it um, makes sense. But like, yeah. I it does. I mean it it sells to a degree, it'll always sell, I think. Um, which is why I, people will always use it to get people to click on their stuff. Yeah. Not that we would ever do that. No. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course not. No. <laughs> just the, the thumbnail for this is gonna be a giant pair of like tits, I'm sure. I'm no sure balls. it will be. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! yeah do it. <laughs> Actually, I think that'd be a good experiment. We do that and we see how the views go with that. We don't have to experiment. We know we've we, we have know. The numbers. Oh, we we've run the numbers. <laughs> yeah, we have already. I mean, even John, John will be the first to admit that any any thumbnail we've ever put out there that has been even slightly suggestive always gets more clicks. It needs yeah, to be it's... very suggestive with uh, the emoto in there saying "Ooh, woo, Oni Chan, help me translate this." You know, like. Oh god. So half of the screen. Perfect. Stepro, what are you doing with that pin? <laughs> <laughs> oh All my right. God. I... Well, you know, yeah. um I'm moving on. It's from been this. fun, John. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scanlation, uh, right? So yeah, scanlation, <laughs> next, next, next yeah. topic. I are guess there I... cases of scan leaders transitioning to an official translation job. Because I do know, um, all right, we I was trying to look this, this up earlier. <laughs> where there was a website that did i believe it was they did light novel published uh translations that became official i don't remember what they were called though like Ooh, i think j novel like, club this is like two or three years ago wasn't it i don't i don't know it was a long time ago i don't think it was, i think it's it was j novel club that it was a uh like 
it was a website that did this uh, illegally, and then it just became legal, and they just started doing it legally. They I remember through, this. Through channels, yeah, it was, it was, I believe it was a big deal. Novel Club. It was a big deal when it happened because a lot of people used it, and they're like, okay, we're going legit now, guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, we talk about uh, Crunchyroll did this, where it, Crunchyroll is a fan site, and now it's an official streaming service. Oh, and they I don't like to talk J about novel that, though. Club. Crunchyroll does yeah. not like to talk about the fact that they used to be a pirate anime site. Listen, they were. They, the it was a. It was a beta run. They were doing it for free as an. Ex it was a social experiment. But yeah, whatever. Crunchyroll, uh, please sponsor us. Uh, but Jay Novel Club, <laughs> I believe, was the light novel version of Crunchyroll. So yes, I guess the question is: Are there? I don't know about any manga translators becoming an official manga uh, publisher or translator like that. I'm sure there have been plenty of people who have found success in the field and become an official translator for series. Hmm. Um, I think I mentioned that earlier, but it came in before we went live, so so my bad. But um, I, I remember watching an interview about this one Japanese translator, and they asked it like, "Oh, how did it affect you uh, getting a career uh, in translation by doing scanlation and all that?" And they essentially said it worked like a resume and helped them get much right. more uh, work and all that kind of stuff because they show what they have done. And about right. it becoming official and all that, what's the difference between it like being illegal and official? They asked for permission. They said, sure. <laughs> it's kind of how I view about it, you know? Yeah. So, because like, again, so for a lot of college kids who would do this, they would just, mm. it's a fan thing. Because it, it's very impressive on a resume when you do things when you're not like uh, being forced to do things for this furthering mm. of your skills in this career it's the same thing in, right. in game development like doing things where I, I make things outside of what i have to do for my classes and this is just a project i am working on like game jams working with other people in the industry stuff like that it's very good to have on your resume so mm. I, I know that it would help to be on a fan trans like just to be like i have translated before i have done it with um certain these series and this is my work right because it shows mm. that you've done things to further your skills. But I, I right. guess I'm asking about like specific uh has any like specific translation group ever turned into a legitimate company like J Novel Club or Crunchyroll has in their respective fields. Oh, the group itself. Yes. The um, group itself. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't looked into anything like that. I think they just kind of go the illegal route of just like right. making their own website or so. Cause uh yeah, I, I'm not sure the whole group about it. Um kind of like a backtracking for a little bit something i want to mention before i forget about it i just tried applying for uh like a jap sorry an edo game it's our area game company where they take like japanese like edo games translate over to english and on like the resume part so like oh like you can send us to past works but then specifically said doesn't have to be official like wink wink nudge nudge doesn't matter if it's like scanlation illegal right. or anything like that that stuff also counts i think it's yeah, kind of cool because like it's almost like endorsing just... something they don't care whatsoever yeah because like, at the end of the day it's like so for um if you're publishing a, a game quote unquote game right if you're just trying to show off your talents it doesn't matter mm. if you're using licensed stuff same thing for video editing same thing for sound editing if i just make super cuts of freaking shit posts on youtube but i'm amazing at video editing that can be put on your resume of like hey i mm. can really fucking video edit stay like, tuned for john's anime poops <laughs> heck yeah because it's about how much experience you have and how willing you are to commit to this job and to your craft, to your skills. That's what people really want to hire you for. But I, I was just mm. curious of like, if there was actually, cause again, I don't follow manga translator um, people very much. Like I don't, I'm not one of the types to like go to their website and be like, Oh, thanks for putting out that episode guys or that chapter guys. I, I just don't. 
I fucking love those people. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love when people come to my uh to the podcast and stuff and they're like, hey, we love the episode. You know, I love the comments and stuff. And yet here I am just like not doing it to other creators. I know. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> oh um, man. But yeah, I was just curious about that. About That's why that question is even um I don't I think Natai asked this question actually. Was he, it unless he might, was he might have I think it's uh, cool because like that's something I actually wanted to do. One thing I was thinking about was like uh, me getting kind of good on the scanlation space, mm-hmm. trying to get good at it, and then let's say for example I'm like really compromised uh, scanlation skills and all that kind of stuff. Just going official, just again like be asking for permission, making a website instead of just like uploading it there illegally and ask for money and all that kind of stuff. Like let's say for example start off with like Dojinchi artists, mm-hmm. like oh I'm gonna like just get a hold of this one guy, ask for permission, be like oh hey like whatever parts I make from it, I can give you, like ten percent blow up. I'm not Par- sure. Parlay your like, hobby into something actually that makes you money literally yeah and then uh, that can then spawn into like a whole thing i haven't looked at examples of it maybe comic keys did that i'm not sure but i can see it being a thing being possible i like how leo's like like distinction is like well it's just it's just doing the same thing just with permission <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah <laughs> essentially and, and some of it is like implied permission like i'm pretty so, sure um this is a blast from the past now but i'm pretty sure hentai key the uh hentai providing website service that used to be around like 15 years ago i'm pretty sure they were illegal at one point and then they became official of like okay we're just yeah giving a, we're like uh, same thing for faku same thing for um <laughs> hentai haven i believe got bought out by faku yeah yeah right they were fan sites that became official yeah. so you know don't stop dreaming guys like you obviously there are different routes to get to how you want to get to where you want to get to, but you know, just do what you love doing is, is kind of my yeah. advice here. 100%. Yeah. And you know, that whole like implied consent thing. It's funny that there are a lot of uh, creators that are that like Maruyama who shits on people who fan translate his work, but then there's some creators that not only do they not care, they actively encourage it. So um, Nisio Isen, the guy who created the Monogatari series, would actively go on um, like the forums and stuff for the people who were um, fan translating Monogatari and say, "No, you translated this wrong." <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! I love it. What a fucking I fucking chat. love it. And he would and what he would actually chat. say, "No, it should actually be this," and because uh, Nisio Isen actually actually is somewhat fluent in english uh, so he said oh, it should really be this in english yeah. <laughs> and it's why when vertical, yeah, when vertical did the uh, when they got the license to do the monogatari series they actually brought nisio eason on board to do part of the english translation that's that's excellent <laughs> i love like, it i love it i think uh, it's kind of needed in some cases if you ask me I, uh, a lot of times like they keep things vague and so it's like oh what is he trying to say actually that might get revealed later talk to the author about it yo bro what, what were you meaning with this it's way too vague oh okay now i know what he's trying to say i just like the fact that nisu isu would go look at the fan translations it's like no this is wrong change it to this <laughs> you know, absolute <laughs> fucking chad nisio eason like, i know I, right i i didn't so great. i know that one of the biggest like proponents to like why fan translations are fine is that it drives eyes to a series like mm. i'm being honest it does the yeah it's not it too big does. of an impact when obviously if a lot of people if 99 not even if 99 percent of people who consume a certain thing don't a- actively contribute money or anything to a work right like we're mm. talking any and it's in any field it could be translation for anime it could be online um, content creation online content creation like it's a very small percentage of people of your fan base that actually contribute to your works but 
the amount of press and eyes that you'll get on a series, like for example, Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw mm. Man had a very big online Western presence before the anime came out. And to mm. my knowledge, the Japanese fan base hated the anime, but man, those Western people absolutely adored the anime. I, I'm one of the, I love the anime. I, I'm buying the Blu-ray when it comes out. Like I'm I'm one of those guys, but if no one I don't get the hate behind it, but <laughs> Japanese people it's, are weird. That's why I, I I know the hate behind it. We've talked about it on the podcast. It's because they actually added scenes for, into the anime that weren't in the manga. That's, they weren't true to the source material. That's that's almost all of what the hate in Japan is. They were trying too hard to copy Western ideals with their whole movie thing. Hmm. Even though I, that's why I loved it so much. <laughs> like, I, the reason they I haven't the Japanese heard about hated the, it. Uh, oh, I, I haven't heard about that. I just hear about like Western people like. Uh, American fans are hating it, on it. It's funny. I it's think... funny with anime, like the uh, what people love in Japan versus what people love in the West, and particularly like North America, can be vastly different every season. Like, do you know Look what the, the biggest? Do you know what the biggest, um, like highest rated and most talked about anime in the winter of 2023 was in Japan? I don't. That Loli Oni I thing that came out. Oh, Oni uh, oh yeah like, oh, yeah only my yeah yeah uh, that was the most like popular anime in japan last season over vinland saga over nagatoro <laughs> over everything to be fair uh um, sure in the weak, anime but... they reference like a bunch of like pop culture things like they show uh guilty gear for example mm -hmm. on the tv that uh the sister slash brother was playing in the background and it's like i i get the type of humor that uh that show has it's like it it speaks to me as like, yeah, a Japanese person would love this type of humor. Japanese weeps would absolutely adore this show. But if you ask hmm. like uh, like us on the podcast or just your average uh, weeb on the street in North America, they'd probably say something like, oh, Vinland Saga was pretty good last season. Right. Might have I touch this on this real fast before we like get back on topic of Scanlation and all kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, this Go is like, my, my take on why I think people didn't like uh, Chainsaw Man, at least over here. I feel like it got really popular, but it was like one of the only series that got popular before the anime uh, adaptation came out. Usually you get into it because the anime slapped. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. The first time I ever saw like uh, my, my favorite like manga get an anime adaptation, it just like didn't slap as hard because you already know what happened. So it's kind of like, right. well, I was way more flaccid than I thought. I thought it was going to be fucking spantacic. I thought it was going to be absolute banger. For me, it was Komi Can't Communicate. I thought it was going to be fantastic. You know, it was still good. It was like, didn't hit the same because i already knew about that i feel like that was like, right. the first experience a lot of people had with chainsaw man they probably put it onto such a giant pedestal and it came out it's not gonna reach that you know they uh, probably thought like yeah, oh my god anime adaptation would be crazy it's very it's very yeah. rare that a adaptation of anything from once from its source material will slap as hard as the actual source material uh like when it I, does I can, though man that's special yeah it's, it's i it's, think it's, chainsaw man it's did very that. subjective though like uh i can think of I can think of one <laughs> off the top of my head. It's Chainsaw Man, where I was like, I love the anime as much as I love the manga. Like the manga, it depends I on think what you is... read first, personally. Like if, if you've I... seen the anime first, then show them the manga, they might be like, ah, it doesn't slap as hard as the anime though. Flip it around. Yeah, but like, I read the manga because... first, and I thought it slapped hard. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, the because there are certain areas in the manga where I'm like, it seems like it's you know I have opinions of the manga where I'm like, the manga is really good. I think Chainsaw Man's manga is really good. I thought the anime hmm. did a really good job at conveying it and putting itself in its own like paces instead of following just the manga. But I do understand that like, for example, skip and loafer this season, I, uh, the first chapter of the manga was basically the first episode. It not even basically, it is the first episode of the show. 
like shot, shot for, shot. for shot remake of every single panel was done it from the manga into the anime. And I get that people like that. They want a, a shot for shot remake of what they're uh, reading. But I do think that like there are certain series where taking the liberties when you're developing a, an adaptation is it's a very hard thing to do first and mm. foremost, because obviously if the source material is good enough to garner a fan base, especially something like, you know, Chainsaw Man, it's huge fan base before even going mm. into the anime. It's going to be very hard to keep people um, invested in this show if you don't do a shot for shot remake. But then it comes to the point of like, well, what's the point of doing an adaptation mm. if you have to do a shot for shot remake? Like, what about the directors? What about the writers? Do they not get to adapt it? And then there's is, also like, you know, to having heat stroke right now. Are a you okay? Bit. Look, it's very hot. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I was going to say I, to fuel into the heatness here. A bit of a hot take, right? Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, Shot for Shot fucking sucks. I'm just going to say it. It kind of, because like you can do so much with animation. And if you're just trying to copy like the style of a manga, you're missing out on the whole point of it being an animation. You can do so much more with it, play much more with it. To bring it back to translation for a bit, it's kind of like the direct translation compared to like putting in some like the, uh, the English expressions in there and adding a bit more flavor that makes it sound more natural. The you know? difference between translation and interpretation. Right. Yes. I mean, so, yeah. a small, small side tangent to about translations. So um, that time I reincarnated as a slime's official translation, I absolutely hate the beginning because they literally translate a bunch of words and they just use the direct translation. And I'm like, this is garbage. I hate oh, yeah, this. You told I can't believe that. I paid money for this. <laughs> and Ouch. I go back to the fan translation because there was obviously a lot more passion for the fan translation than there was for this fucking English official translation. Just saying. I'm putting into I mean, that though. It's hard to say though. Uh, if it's not just passion, I mean, I haven't read it. Granted, right? But uh, the thing that's hard about being a translator, you want to just try and make it sound as as more natural and pop. Eh, try and make it sound as natural as possible, right? But when you do yeah. that, you get a lot of people will be like, "Oh, bro, like I hate the way this isn't what the Japanese version said." Blah blah. It should be more like direct, whatever. Try to say what they said. It's not your own story writing. So then, you're like, okay, shit. Let me make it a bit more like direct, uh, more more so what they're speaking. You do that, and then you get lambasted by people saying like, "Oh, this is way too much of a direct translation. It sounds stiff as shit. It's pretty garbage." Blah blah. You it's can't a fine win. Line. It's a fine yeah. line. In my uh, opinion, there is. No that fine line is like blurred to the point where like you can't satisfy everyone. Everyone's going to like uh, prefer one thing or the other. So I would say and people, people who complain about um, it being not like one for one translated are probably people who only speak one language and have never actually had to translate something in their life. Yeah. Because Natai and I yeah. have talked about this because he and I both are multilingual. Um, and, We've talked about how when you translate something from one language to another, no matter how similar those two languages may be, there is always going to be an element of interpretation because no two languages are exactly mm. the same. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel like, and this is why I, I don't understand the the hate that things will get if they try it their way. Because again, as a creator, as a translator, as someone who is transposing one media to a different media, right? regardless of what it is, adapting a manga to a show, vice versa, doesn't matter. You not having that type of freedom to interpret it how you think it's supposed to be done, it, it's it's very, it's it's stiffening. It's it's very, it mm. sucks, and no one mm. wants to do it, because even if you directly translate it, people are going to hate it, because it's like, oh, well, it, it feels bad. Like, it's... Can uh, I give you a fun tidbit you probably never unseen now? 
Oh boy, uh, no. if, if you look at anything that's been translated, it's like scan later, whatever, right? And look at the, the credits and all that, you'll never see more than one translator because it is absolute hell having two translators work on the same product because they'll yeah. never agree on something. They'll be like, it should be translated like this. <laughs> no, 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 that's not stiff. It should be like this. Blah, blah, blah. That, it's yeah. costing back and forth. Dude, oh my God. It's the most frustrating thing on the planet, man. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. I mean, it can be even yeah. more frustrating, and, and and we've talked about this, and this may end up being like an entire episode of the podcast at some point, how um, there's been this sort of um, revelation recently that there have been multiple localizers and translators in the anime industry that have, um, shall we say, not been doing their due diligence when it comes to translating. <laughs> That's um, putting it very lightly, wait, Alex. I was trying to be very, very, uh, you know, not so mean. Uh, Can you be a bit more clear? Sorry, I'm a bit confused. Uh, there, so there's been people who have been very obviously spinning uh, certain translations to fit their own uh, narratives and politics. Oh, I see. Yeah, yikes. Gotcha. Uh, so like, uh, I won't say this is like super recent, but a recent example is in the first season of um, uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. There's a scene where they're talking about clothing and um, the translator just randomly put in something about male patriarchy and that's not anywhere close <laughs> to what's being said. What the Jesus hell? <laughs> yeah, it's like the, think... the, the whole thing is oh. about how um, it's difficult to keep... The, in Japanese, they're talking about how difficult it is to keep like maid outfits clean and spotless. Uh, and the, the translator in the subs or in the, in the dub... Uh, translated it to, um, yeah, because of the male patriarchy, we always have to look like this. <laughs> and they got <laughs> not even close. What the I know. Uh, the stuff yikes, like that. I, yeah. I feel like this is something that we may end up like actually talking uh, on uh, at a future episode of the podcast about because it is something that um, the difference between translation and interpretation, and there always is going to be a degree of interpretation when you uh, translate things, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but there, there's wonder, a though. fine there's a fine line between interpreting something and changing it to fit your own narrative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, yeah, one thing I want to take back. What I said a bit earlier. Oh, sorry, if you mind me, it's oh, no, real fast. Ahead, I, yeah, I forget. Um, I said earlier that like someone who's only asking for like direct translations only known one language, right? Mm. I'll meet a lot of people that will like try to correct the translations or so, right? Mm. And they'd be like, oh, it needs to be more direct. But it's because they can read the, the Japanese version of it that they're like, oh, you're playing too much with it or so. And like, yeah, yeah something I put into there. Uh, yeah, so, sorry. Um, John, what were, you gonna say? Eh, what were you going to say? So I'm trying to find the episode. Hold on. I forgot who the guest was because I'm a terrible person with names. So let me just <laughs> <Are you> like... <laughs> just on our podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've had Burger? a limited amount Yara? of guests. No, Yara. Vicks? Yara, thank you. <laughs> I forgot Yara's name. <laughs> Yara Nika. I, was like, I remember what Yara a... was in. Yeah, Yara Nika, who is a, uh, um, a voice actor who does um, spicy stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah. Voice actor. So Yara was talking about translating like um, there is a, a Japanese saying called it, it literally translates to meat toilet. Right. <laughs> Which is like, how do you how do you translate? How do you localize that into English? Because the literal translation is a meat toilet. What does it mean? Uh, it kind of means like she's uh, the, the, everyone uses her type of deal. Right. She's a loose mm. person. A cum um, slut. <laughs> yeah. Say a cum, cum dumpster. Slut. I, I, that's what I said. I was like, I'd just call him yeah. a cum dumpster. But 
There's ways uh, to go about I, it. <laughs> there are ways to go about it, you know, but uh, like, in my opinion, with people who are like, I want direct translation. Like, you really, bro, you want me to say meat toilet? You want that? <laughs> <laughs> that that can yeah. get you off? <laughs> Calling sure, her like, a meat Some toilet? people, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people might on, actually man. want that. I get that. I, I You know, I because I complained about it literally five seconds ago about uh, translating certain, like, he calls, in the very first chapter, he calls his chief uh, a pig-headed man, but he calls him Mr. Piggy. Mr. Piggy supervisor or something. And I'm just like, right. okay, obviously he does call him a fat bastard, but could have just said a fat bastard instead <laughs> of like directly right. translating it, bro. Like what the hell? I hear, I hear. And our direction that I think about right now, they say a uh, boob bag. That's another like Japanese expression right there. As soon as someone has some like big bohunga hungas, you know, like <laughs> boob bag. Oinga, boingas, oingas, oh, that's more fun though i'd rather translate that <laughs> yeah um oh my god well, what is it um uh so in, in japanese they co-opted the english word bitch but it doesn't mean bitch in japanese it means slut mm, yeah yeah, bitchy. yeah. Bitchy. that's another thing that uh it's called machine translation bitch, I, I forgot i mentioned a bit earlier but when we're talking about like machine translations and how it gets confused a lot uh, they'll use like Japanglish for a lot of words, and so it'll sound like the one we have over in English. So that's it. For example, like boom means like boom, right? But it doesn't mean boom like as an explosion, but like as in the fad is blowing up. <laughs> every every time I hear that now, especially if I hear a Japanese person think about, it, I only think about that scene in Toradora where she comes down the stairs and boom, boom, boom. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I think that's another cool thing to note about as well. That uh, Japanese more and more seems to be just co-opting English words into their actual. They are vernacular. doing that, yeah. Every day Dude, they're adding so bad. um new new. Is it katakana? Just like literally, just adding English words. I in, so, in a sense, that's what these. Uh, apparently, there is an actual Japanese word for rival. I've never heard anyone say it in English or in uh, in, in anime. I it, they always say rival. <laughs> But apparently there is a Japanese that. word for rival. Can I tell you the word I hate the absolute most that I hear is mm. brainstorming. <laughs> it means brainstorming. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. But like the way over there, like because like it's English, they use it because like, oh, it sounds elegant. Like, oh, it sounds so sophisticated. It's English. Oh, yeah. No, that, I, I'm so that's funny, <laughs> funny thing about um, a Japanese. That's been a thing for a long time. Like I remember the, the like in the 90s and stuff having knowing just random english words and putting it in your band name was just seen as edgy like it was just the thing yeah <laughs> right it doesn't you don't it's need to know cool what it means you know just having and they have that you'll, you'll see it sometimes on their clothes in uh like a lot of different areas where they just have like really random english in like mm. in curse words and stuff <laughs> like fuck the <laughs> what and it would just be like, oh, it's it's English, it's edgy, it's it's leading. It's like, <laughs> I mean, we have that over here, man. People just have like ram Japanese all over their shirts and such, you know. Or they'll get them That's tattooed true. to their bodies, and they don't even know what it means. Yeah, I've literally a bunch. I love it when when oh, I've seen like you hear lot. stories about people that get Chinese characters tattooed. Yeah, on, like, <laughs> like number five, Peking duck like, number five. <laughs> and like they go to like like Chinese restaurants, and someone says, "Why do you have duck translate or uh, written on your arm?" Well, no, it means the, courage. <laughs> so that's kind of like to expand a little bit on like characters and stuff. So with um, Wait, actually, do you mind before we get into that? I want to mention one thing I thought was really funny. Yeah. Sure. So 
I really love it when you see like a company will just like clearly use machine translated for things. Like I saw this one shirt. It says Soto Miru, which means look out. And it's supposed to kind of give that example of like, oh, look out, man. Kind of give that like, that edgy vibe, whatever. In Japanese, it literally means like look outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> it mean, like... Oh my god. Yeah, so, so yeah, I just uh, wanted to mention wait, that. It's goofy, man. You remember when you remember when Polka said to how do you say let's go in English? <laughs> That was let's great. Let's go. How do you like, say let's, let's go, go in English? <laughs> That's great. So, John, what were you going to say earlier? Well, I was going to say with Asian language, with uh, with how the uh, kanji and characters and stuff work, right? Like, um, like with your actual letters, you hmm. chopping off something off of a certain word will change how you read that word. And people don't yeah. know this about Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. And I'm like, you can't just like, here's a phrase you really like, but you can't get the full thing on a sleeve or whatever. So you say, oh, well, this beginning half means this. So I'll just take that thing. I'm like, that completely changes the meaning of the word. You Which that's something you have shits. to translate. That's something you have to translate sometimes in in anime and manga is um, when a character is introduced themselves. Sometimes they'll be talking about how to write their name in kanji. Like, how the fuck do you translate that into English? Yeah, I remember this one scene. Uh, I was translating this one series, and it was like torture porn, right? Oh, nice. <laughs> and so they had to like engrave like what's called the word slave for it. And so they had to mention like, oh, each part of the story, like, oh, I'm going to do like this part of like this word or whatever, right? And so it's like symbols make up bigger parts of kanji and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, not going to lie, I just straight up like put in the kanji in the text. I'm like, this is what they're trying to talk about, by the way. This is what they're referring to. I- and it's the only way to go about it uh, in that particular sense. But uh, yeah, it kind of is nuts. Uh, another yeah. thing too that I thought was pretty cool that I started uh, doing today. I don't know how to translate it well, so I'm doing this series where um, if I'm like trans, this one trans girl and her experience with it, <clears throat> and she met this one person. So here's the thing about Japanese reading: there's three different types of uh writing for scripts, right? So they kind of like an alphabet, kind of what we have, like hiragana, right? And then there's kanji, which is like the super crazy complicated stuff, but they don't have that the entire thing. They'll usually be for like a little, like a, for a word or so. They'll have it for like the first few letters or so, right? Mm-hmm. But anyways, right? So um, when you're reading Let's something- go to a ramen shop and it's all in kanji and good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like all uh, Japanese names stuff. for the most part are also written in kanji. True, true, true. But um, what, what I was trying to get with is- um. I lost my train of thought. Wait one sec. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is the ADHD talking about. Hiragana, I was literally just kata, talking about yeah, it. Hiragana, katakana, and kanji. Yes. And then. The oh yes, yes. And so. Some weird um, thing, the thing uh, is, well, if you're Romaji. reading something, that's not Roman. Uh, remind us of what all we use. But yeah. anyways, um. It's just so the thing that I think. Here's the thing: is when you see kanji, you don't know how to pronounce it. A lot of times, they have something called furigana, which is literally just hiragana, but really, really small, and shown to then. Uh, explain to you how it's pronounced right yeah and so the series i'm using they don't ever use that for the most part usually more adult series don't use the, the way you pronounce it the footy got in there but uh, you're old enough was... you should know what these words mean <laughs> essentially yes <laughs> but um what that's super cool keep in mind that this is talking about like uh this trans woman right was talking about how she met like, the first ever like trans person she's met and when it was talking about it's like oh the first ever oh, sorry then i met this guy is what it literally says so the kanji is for guy, but then the furigana for it is for person instead. So like you say guy's like otoko, but it says hito on the thing. So it's kind of like when you first look at it, it says guy, but when you look past like the surface layer, it's a person. And I think it's super, super cool. How do I translate that? I have zero idea. <laughs> it's like <laughs> tricky stuff like that. 
But um, I think there's a reason why I mentioned that earlier. I completely forgot the reason why I brought it up, but I think it's something really cool about so Japanese in, language um, and its wordplay. In my native language, there's a mm. there's a way to call things a thing, and you can't ever mm. confuse it. Like people are people, right? So you can't call mm. a person a thing, and you can't confuse it. So like when you're referring to things that are alive, you'll use the um, you'll say like um, tao tao is like them, right? And then mm. you can be like, oh, but if you say like, like thing instead, it's like wrong. It's just wrong. You, you don't say that. <laughs> you, you don't call yeah, them that. They have that in Japanese like, too. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, that's just grammar, man. That's just how it works. So it's hard to translate that because in English, we have such mm. a robust, uh, the, see, something is a thing, a thing. It could be a person, a thing, something, a house, <laughs> a house. Who knows, bro? Like, and then in Asian, like, you're like, nah, we don't have that. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> crazy man oh, man language is no that's what it was like so like if i say itao like those two right it means like to to that is literally what it translates to but nom is like enom it's like two things so that is like to that also but it means it means object like i would have if mm. i have like two cans right itao like enom but if i have two people itao like two people but it's different. Essentially, one's difference. for like living things and one's for like not living things, right? And mm-hmm. That's a pretty thing. Or... Yeah, so when you say like if you're referring to animals, pets and stuff, you would refer to them as uh, nom because they're a possession. Nom is like a thing, a thing you can hold, a possession, something that you can own. Mm. So if you use that to refer to a person, you're basically calling them a slave because you're calling <laughs> this thing a person a slave because they're your thing, your item. So it's like it's it's interesting language when you right. have it like that, where it's like, how do you? So it would be considered very this? rude to call someone that. Yeah, essentially, it's like if I called you very a common thing, guy. Yeah, if I called yeah. you a thing, you would be essentially I'm insulting you, calling you a slave, and it's not proper grammar, um, first and foremost. But like, how do you translate that into English, right? Like, it's like uh, they both mean the a thing or two things, but. The thing could be alive or not alive, or something could be possessed, not possessed, and it's like th- these are like the small translation things that people don't get if they don't speak a different language. Yeah, That's it's why I, I always, I always encourage people like whatever language it is, become multilingual. It will not only will it help you appreciate your native language a lot more, um, it will <laughs> also open up like the world to you more. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, what do I want to mention uh, real fast? Oh, okay, go ahead. I don't know if you want to go ahead first. Fine. No, no, no. I was going to do a wrap up thing and ask you what your favorite anime was because, like, we are an anime podcast. I guess I have to ask this. Oh. Right? <laughs> yeah. I got you. I got yeah, you. go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. One, one last thing. One thing I want to mention about like translation, all kind of stuff. Because um, at first, before I got into translating, um, or I learned too much about Japanese and all that, I always thought, oh yeah, translation must be easy because you just take what they're saying. Put it to English. Simple as that, right? Right. And uh, <laughs> the more I'm realizing that, like, it's super weird because I'll talk to people. Uh, I'll explain to them what they're saying in Japanese, but I'm struggling to put it in a good English sentence. And then they'll understand it. They'll be, you know, fully fluent in English and all that kind of stuff, right? But there's a lot of a creative element to it because a lot of it is creative writing. And I didn't realize that before I got into translation. And it's like, I was thinking, uh, different expressions or like how to make characters sound like a certain way and all that kind of stuff. It's making it sound fun overall. It's because yeah. it's taking it directly and kind of putting it over sounds lame. And you have to play with a lot yeah. of it. And saying so I was not aware of whatsoever before I got into it. And then I realized, wow, everything I'm writing sounds really stiff and garbage. Why is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I completely ignore that aspect of it. 
<laughs> and uh, which then leads me to uh, it's called think about to become a good Japanese translator. It's kind of weird. I started watch learning Japanese so I can watch anime without subtitles, right? But now I've watched anime with subtitles, English subtitles, because okay, now how does this translator do it? Because how are they making it sound better? <laughs> so when the full <laughs> <Yeah>. circle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's why I want to mention real fast. I thought it was uh, pretty neat. So uh, yeah, John, you want to want to ask me what my favorite anime was? Yeah, what's yeah. your favorite anime, Leo? We are an I'd anime podcast some... after all. Oof, dude. All right, both of them isekai. I'm kind of isekai trash a little bit. All right, yeah. Oh, all right, all right, the king of isekai trash, bro. Let's go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say it's either between ReZero or Mushoku Tensei. Very, very mm. basic. Uh, I, I'll wear. I'll wear it with. We are big Re-Zero, fans, but I love Mushoku Tensei. We are big fans yeah. of Mushoku Tensei on this podcast. We really are. Yeah, that was the very first web novel I ever finished reading, like and completed the series. It was Mushoku. What's Tensei. your take on it? Do you it keep getting better? Or oh, here we your, go. Or... Oh, here we go. <laughs> so I think right. the anime has been doing a bang up job at doing it, but the novel itself is so much better. They miss so much nuance. What? I think the novel because there's so many small micro things that happen in. But, I've, and again, and if you guys want to know my opinion on it, check out the Mushoko Tensei spoiler cast because we have done episodes where I talk about this. We did but two spoiler casts on Mushoku Tensei. There are a lot of micro things in the anime that they just completely hmm. just skip over, which I'm like, it builds a little bit of character and lets you know more about like uh, Rudy. Rudy, like, because this, this is a story about Rudy and how he basically transforms himself from a shitty person to a better person. And right. these small things that affirm his feelings, like uh, in the anime, they don't show um, Eris's grandpa like ever showing any love for Rudy and that impact that it has on Rudy. Because one of the very mm-hmm. scenes that they, they completely skip is like they show his birthday where they're like, happy birthday, Rudy, you're an adult now or whatever. You, you finally turned 12 or 13. I don't remember the age. But this is such a moving moment in the novel. Because at this point, he's lived at this house for like a year, and he mm. he's never felt welcomed. He's And it's been such a long time that people have celebrated his birthday, celebrated Aww. him, right? It's such a key and crucial moment to his well-being, to his mental state. And they just completely ignore that in the fucking anime. And I'm like, bro, this is development that matters because it's about Rudy. But I'm like, okay, yeah, does it really matter? Does it change the grand scheme of things? No, but I like small and... I like those small little things that they didn't that are there because it shows growth and it's like I can't believe they would right. not include we've something. We talked about how at least much we appreciate. We talked about on the podcast recently how much we all appreciate with the quiet moments in adaptations, yeah. um, like in Chainsaw Man, yeah, Aki's morning routine, which isn't in the the manga. Yeah, and I loved what it did for his development of a character. And then there's the people who hated mm-hmm. it because they're like, oh wow, I can't believe my whole family was murdered and I'm doing I'm he's making coffee. Right. One thing I want to mention real fast about Alex, you said that the morning routine wasn't in the manga. It is, but it's just in the uh, Takabans and the extras. Yeah, but it wasn't in the I original publication. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, yeah, fuck, there was something I want to say earlier, but I completely forgot as well. Oh, no, all right. So here's one thing I want to ask, right? Without spoiling it, because I talked to someone else about it, Mushoku Tensei, and they said that as um, the series went on, like in the novels and such, uh, it became fan fiction. It became garbage. Uh, what's your guys' take on it? Did it get worse or did it get better? I haven't so, read it, so I can't. I'm say. the only one who has read this. Yeah. Um, I think that it definitely. Uh, I'm really trying not to spoil it, but I definitely think it. The quality and the pacing definitely drop off towards the end. Fuck. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You've That's ruined his entire day. No, no, no. But uh, I'm hopeful because the anime is different. Like, I read originally the web novel. I don't know how, and they're adapting the light novel. There's a difference here, right? Web novel is the unedited, this is what I published. First draft. This is the mm. first draft. I had no editor. Light novel is, okay, we have an official publication. I have an editor. Like, for example, Overlord's web novel does not have the best character, Albedo. Albedo was not a character that ever existed in the web novel. And when Mariyama mm. went to make it a light novel, they're like, hey, we should include this other character because you should. And now Albedo exists in the light novel. So it's not to say that I have never read the light novel, only the web novel, the original. So, so might do something it could great. still be changed. It could be better. And that's my point. Like, mm. so I think good. that because <laughs> there are a lot of things that I, I, I didn't like at the end of Mushoku Tensei because it's like the pacing again, it, it just kind of wraps up. But again, it's a web novel. It's unpolished. The light novel I haven't read, so I don't know. I'm hoping it's completely polished because I believe the light novel is still publishing or it has I was recently say, finished publishing. Didn't they not upload it for like uh, years or something like that. I thought they just like stopped uploading for whatever reason when I last checked like a couple months ago or so. I have no Within idea. Kind of leads to I me just... like, oh, why people are typing series all of a sudden? The Don't light novel, it. but the light novel finished publishing in November of 2022. So yeah, last the English version recently. or Japanese yeah. version? The Japanese version. Oh, yeah. the so English the, version. The original run for the light novel was January of 2014, and it ended last year in November. Uh, no, sorry, what was the last, like the latest, like release of the English version? Oh, uh, let me look that up real quick. Okay. No, not the manga. I want the light novel, please. Thank you. Yeah, because I know that he, um, from Mushoku Tensei in the web novel, there's a bunch of like afterwards where there's one specific one where fans were just like outraged over that he literally cancels it. And I'm just like, okay, I hated that. I hated this this chapter as well. It was fucking disgusting. And I'm not saying a good thing he fucking took it back, but bro why did you do that <laughs> why it, it it ends on such a good note of the ending from Ushoku tensei and then like then this chapter drops and i'm like i hate this you didn't have to do this but you did wait I, i'm lost please is that in the anime you're talking about or in in so in the original web novel after he finishes the series after like chapter i think 19 or 22 or 21 whatever it was um right. he releases afterwards like epilogue novel updates and there's a certain right. chapter that he releases that the backlash that he received was on it was so bad that he unofficially he took it out he was like okay <laughs> all right i heard you guys i'm not releasing this this is no longer canon guys and that's crazy just, because it's such a and i'm like you know if this was in a light novel this would never be published your editor would have been like delete that oh, shit, shit right now because it was yeah. that bad of a fucking Jesus. chapter god damn um so there are 26 total volumes of the light novel and uh as of uh, today which we're recording this the first week of april um all but the final uh volume of the light novel has officially been translated into english oh nice well fuck oh, i take wow. back what i said earlier i thought the, it was like they, they abandoned it for a little bit or so no, volume 25 uh uh published on december 26 20 or excuse me no oh, wait uh these this is 2023 um this is the most recent one to come out in english is uh, volume 19 these are the planned release dates uh, pardon me um okay. Oh, okay so the uh 20 volume 25 is scheduled to come out december 26 2023 dang we're eating good then that's that's a lot of series in a couple of yeah. uh, volumes in the year all right sweet 
Um, nice, nice, nice. So anyway, uh, yeah, I think yep. we should we, we should definitely wrap this up. We've been recording for over two hours. Uh, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> it's literally yeah, for, it. for to note it has been literally a very hot minute. Very hot minute. I would, I would <laughs> love to eat. That'd be great. Yeah, I gotta go eat too. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Leo, uh, for being on. Um, is it's been absolutely wonderful having you on to uh, talk about this. If we ever do another episode of the podcast where we talk about stuff like this, we'd love to have you back. Dude, I'd love to be back on, man. Do it's all fun. Thank you, thank you. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so before we actually do the outros, um, I want to give you a chance to plug anything you want to, you want to talk about a series you're currently working on, where people can find you, how people can get in touch with you. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, I'm translating two series. One series I just finished translating. If you want to check it out, the heroines of spirit of manga decks doing Zonki 99 manga decks. If you want to see how the actual process uh, works out, I do trans. I sorry. I stream all the translations over at twitch.tv uh, rhythm one, six, two. And then you can go in there and see how everything's done and interact with me live on Twitch. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, my shameless plug. And I'll be putting <laughs> a link to your Twitch channel down in the uh, the description. Go click it. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, right. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for uh, stopping by. Thank you, uh, Leo, for uh, being on. It's been absolutely fantastic. I don't know why this is not working. Uh, no, I don't want to open up Netflix. Thank you very much. Anyway, um, I cannot, for the life of me, do what I want to do right now. Uh, fuck you, Google Drive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you all out there for stopping by to listen to us. Uh, join the Discord with the links down below. Check out Leo, man. Like It's pretty interesting that... Uh, don't lie. All of you have at one point in your life consumed illegally manga. Don't lie to me. I know this. Yeah. <laughs> he writes. Run everyone out. Yeah. He's right. <laughs> uh but yeah thank you everyone out there for dropping in to listen to this check the description below where you can find links to anime club after dark on twitch on social media and on discord like i said i will also put a link to uh leo's twitch down below as well check out our merch store any purchases you make there do really really help us out with that i have been your host alex and i will see you next time say good night guys night. Bye -bye. thanks Peace. for joining Oh God, Chino is about to pass out from heat exhaustion. He's oh, he's yeah. dying. I'm he's so dying. sorry about that. I, I had that entire part blocked with like a text document. I didn't realize that till now. It's like, oh, can we end soon? I'm dying and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I didn't know what that was there. <laughs> All right. Oh, my apologies, man. Hey.